0: I
1: think i got the bird flu. I think i got the bird flu. am tired of salad packs. I think I need a bird or two. I think i got the bird flu. I'm tired
2: of salad packs. I think I need a bird or two. What's going on, everybody? It is Jason J. Bird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. What an awesome show we have coming up. Plenty to talk about. The NBA free agency and trades heated up this past weekend. Lots to recap there from the Knicks to the biggest winners and the biggest losers. Obviously, we had week 11 of football, one of the best witching hours of the season, especially in the 4 p.m. slate. A ton to break down from that. We have college basketball returning this week, so I'm going to preview a little bit of that for you. And joining me will be Not one, but two guests, Cousins Ryan and Kyle Mobis, to discuss a variety of topics. So, let's get into it. First off, let's talk NBA and let's talk Knicks. Uh, I honestly thought whenever I would talk Knicks on this podcast, I'd be ranting and getting angry about them. But, nope. I am pleasantly surprised by what the Knicks have done in this offseason. Uh, look, they didn't do anything fantastic. Some fans wanted to come out and get a Russell Westbrook. get a Gordon Hayward and I'm, I'm glad we didn't, especially seeing Gordon Hayward got 30 million a year, which glad we didn't pay for that. Uh, I love Russell Westbrook. He's one of my favorite players in the league, but his contract is just way too heavy and way too expensive for the Knicks and just he was gonna, all, all adding Russell Westbrook would have done would have gotten the Knicks, probably the nine or the 10th seed. At best, at best, the eighth seed, and I didn't see them making the eighth seed with Russell Westbrook on this team. But the moves they made, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. They added a lot of draft capital through it's mostly second round picks, and you know, yeah, people can say, oh, it's a second round pick, what's that gonna do for you? Uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's a solid player for us, was a second round pick. I'm not complaining about him at all. And also this draft capital could be used as trade bait later on. If we want to move up in a future draft and try to move into the top five, move into the top three in a much better draft, this draft capital allows the Knicks to do that. A ton of guys that got flipped. They flipped Ed Davis for three second-round picks. Uh, You heard me on the podcast when we got Ed Davis. I was kind of just a little confused. Didn't really make sense to me. But... They just got him so they can flip him for more second-round picks. So, I've been a fan of what the Knicks are doing this off-season. I know, I know, it's the Knicks. It's the Knicks, so people will want to roast them for either not getting a big free agent signing or for the guys who they sign for being mid-to-not-high-level talent. Well, we're not contending anytime soon. There's no reason for us to chase high-level talent. Instead, add key role players who could be traded later on in the season for even more draft capital. Or sign guys who, when the Knicks get back to contention, could play roles on this team. Uh, let's start off with Austin Rivers. Fine signing. He's going to be a good rotational player. He's a good, he's a really good shooter. Shot the ball incredibly well after the bubble. And I, I, I'm fine with that. Again, the Knicks don't have much shooting on this team. They were one of the worst shooting team, teams in the NBA last season. And I, that was that was one of my bigger concerns about Ob Toppin was although he shot efficiently from three point this year, we have a front court of him Mitchell Robinson R J Barrett neither of who are electric three point shooters so I'm glad that we had Austin Rivers who is probably gonna come off the bench or possibly start at shooting guard this year so I'm a fan of the move it's a cheap deal for three years and I think he's a veteran who's gonna be a voice in the Knicks locker room people will say oh Austin Rivers being a veteran. He's grown up since getting drafted in 2012 from being the immature kid that he was. Uh, We got Alfred Payton back. I obviously was talking about this uh, on the podcast saying I'd like to bring him back simply because he's the best option at point guard. Uh, Look, I like Dennis Smith Jr. I think he has potential, but I don't think he fits into what the Knicks are trying to do. And it seems like the Knicks are kind of ready to give up on Dennis Smith Jr. So I don't really see him being a... Starting point guard, and I see Frank Ntilikina as more of a two guard than I one, So I'm, so I we definitely needed someone, and I like Alfred Payton. Uh, he moves the ball well. He's a good defender. It's kind of it's kind of a bit what Tibbs would like. Again, Alfred Payton's not gonna wow anybody. No one's gonna be like Alfred Payton. What an amazing signing! Oh, the Knicks got a steal, but he he's gonna be fine for the Knicks. He was their best option. Yeah, he should be a backup point guard for most teams, but I'm not going to complain about him. A guy who had over seven assists last year and helped in, and was somewhat helpful in the Knicks offense. And again, a guy who plays good defense, which Tibbs likes. Uh, we got also Amari Spellman. Uh, fine. He's a good young player. Uh, he can, and he can shoot the ball well. Which is uh, just right along the lines what the Knicks need. The Knicks need shooters and that's exactly what he is. He is there anything impressive. He was a likable player at Villanova. But again, he did play for Steve Kerr. So hopefully he lost. he learned a thing or two from, from Steve. Again, Spellman's not going to come in and be a superstar for the Knicks. But he's going to be a role player and I'm fine with that. He's a, he's a solid, fun role player guy who... Maybe we'll do something that Steve Novak did years ago. He, he's a guy I could see becoming a fan favorite just because of his shooting abilities. I mean, he's nothing special. Don't get me wrong, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, who else? No, no one's Noel. Uh, fine signing for the Knicks. A little similar to Mitch Mitchell Robinson, in terms of being a taller guy. I can't really do much outside the paint. He's an elite defender, uh, one, of the Knicks, one of the biggest laughing socks for the Knicks in recent years has been their defense. I mean, I haven't seen the Knicks play a good defensive basketball game since that 2012-2013 season. So, their Noel is possibly the best interior defender we've had since Tyson Chandler, and I'm fine with that. He's going to be a piece that odds are we flip him at the deadline to a contender who needs an inside presence, and I'm fine with that. Flip him to a contender, get more draft capital by all means. Same thing with Alec Burks. Uh, you know, he's not, he's, he's not that good of a player, Alec Burks. Really isn't. But, you know, he's fine. They have for one year 6000000 million. I'm not going to sit here and complain about why do we sign Alec Burks, why do we sign Alec Burks. He's a guy who can come off the bench, get the next 9 or 10 points a game. So, at, at least with him, he, he, he'll he probably be another trade option, much like no Noel will. But again, with the guys that the Knicks have gotten, we've added depth to this team. Uh, yeah, we added some depth last offseason, but it was depth with signing like, every single power forward on the market except for yeah, Kevin Durant, sort of a small forward, so I won't say him. But the Knicks basically signed every average power forward on the market last year. And now we, we don't have a great team, but we have a deep team. We will probably not make the playoffs. We'll probably be closer to last place in the East than we will to being an eight seed. But again, I'm fine with this because at the end of the day, the Knicks have, did not make any stupid moves. They did not overpay for anybody. I know, just because everyone's, just because it's the Knicks and they sign all these mid-level players, everyone's going to laugh and be like, ha, 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 oh my God, look at the Knicks, they're so stupid. Well, what stupid than they did through this offseason? They didn't give up anybody that's considered a young piece they didn't trade for an old superstar on a bad contract. And they did not overpay to sign anyone in the off season. So you tell me what the Knicks did that was that bad this offseason. They're not, they're not a contending team. Like, I was not expecting them to make these splashes at all. But that's just how everybody operates. So I definitely think a big shout out to Leon Rose. Uh, obviously, you know, when he comes in, he might be, he might feel obligated or pressured to make a splash and go after a Westbrook, go after John Wall, but he didn't, and I love it. Yeah, there's some fans that wanted those moves, but those are irrational fans who think, oh, we get one star player, we're back to NBA title contention. No, those fans are just irrational and think that just because we play in New York that we should automatically be one of the top teams. Uh, let's talk some winners and losers of NBA free agency. I think the biggest winner has to be the Atlanta Hawks. They have made a ton of great moves. Uh, adding Rajon Rondo, who is a fantastic complement to Trey Young. The biggest knock on Trey Young is that he can't that he doesn't play defense. Rondo is an elite defender. Was a key part for the Lakers' defense last season. And they're gonna be a great one-two comp- they're gonna be a great one-two punch. He also brings a ton of veteran leadership with two championship rings into that locker room, and he's gonna be an important player for this Hawks rotation. They also added Bogdanovich pending, pending if the Kings wanna match the offer sheet or not, and Gallinari. That's adding more shooting and more scoring to this Hawks rotation. And now they have a really, really deep rotation. You have the three guys I just mentioned, Onyeka Okungwu. Going, adding that to Trey Young, Hoyter, DeAndre Hunter, who's going to be a great 3-and-D guy, John Collins, and Capella, who is yet to play, they can play nine deep. I really, really like the moves the Hawks made this offseason. As of right now, it appears that there's seven locks for the Eastern Conference playoffs. The Celtics, the Nets, the Raptors, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Pacers, and the Heat. There's that eighth team that could go to the Magic, it could go to the Wizards, and it could go to the Hawks. And based on the moves the Hawks have made, I really, really think it's going to be them. Again, do you have now Trey Young and Rajon Rondo in this dual guard league now, where teams are relying on du- dual guards who complement each other's games? You have one an elite three point shooter, an elite scorer, an elite passer go- pairing up with a strong passer, more of an inside scorer, and an elite defender with championship experience, of course. Uh, and don't forget all the pieces that Atlanta has from last year's draft too which and and DeAndre Hunter who I just mentioned and Cam Reddish because I'm very very high on DeAndre Hunter I think he is going to take a big leap forward this year other winners are the Lakers somehow the defending champs got better yeah they lost Rondo who was and Danny Green two key parts of that run but they add even more they had Marcus Saul, a veteran inside presence who's going to fill a role similar to what JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard did last year. They add a Montrezl Harrell, the reigning sixth man of the year. Two years, 19 million. They stole him. You know, you see Gordon Hayward gets 30 million a year. Montrezl Harrell was a better player than Gordon Hayward last season. Montrezl Harrell was... Okay, maybe not a better player than Fred VanVleet. But, but two years for 19 million is a steal. This is a dude who was... Probably gonna who should have been making at least 12, 13, 14 million a year based on his play last season. And he signed the Lakers for next to nothing, so what an unbelievable signing for them! He's gonna be another key piece off the bench, he'll be a bench spark plug, and he's gonna be leading that second unit in terms of offense. Oh, they oh, oh, they add Dennis Schroeder, who was a finalist for sixth man of the year as well. A guy who's coming to his own the last few years playing in OKC. You add Dennis Schroeder now playing with LeBron James. He's going to evolve his game even more. He's one of the fastest rising stars in the league. And you saw, based on the series against Houston, he is not afraid of the big moments. What an unbelievable signing for the Lakers. Uh, just Getting to the finals for six men of the year. Adding more depth to this team. Oh, and don't forget Wesley Matthews, who was a fantastic 3-and-D player. is what the Lakers envisioned they were getting when they signed Danny Green last offseason. You know, they didn't get that version of Danny Green, and now they're going to get that on Wesley Matthews. What an unbelievable offseason. Oh, and they bring back Markeith Morris, who was big for the Lakers in the playoffs. So now they're probably going to run out of starting five next year. Caruso, KCP, LeBron, Kuzma, AD... With Marcus Trez, Wes Matthews, Schroeder, Markeith Morris coming off the bench. This is a championship team with two, players in the, with two of the top five players in the NBA and can run 10 deep. The Lakers got better and they might be repeating next season. What an unbelievable offseason for them. The last big winner I have are the 76ers. They added Danny Green and Seth Curry along with the drafting of Tyrese Maxey. That adds shooting to this team. And that was the biggest thing the Sixers needed to do was they needed to add shooting around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, the two guys who they build their team around. And now they have it with the three guys they added, plus Tobias Harris. Oh, and don't forget, they were able to dump some of the contracts that were not good for them. Al Horford looked to have one of the most unmovable contracts in the NBA. Well, now it goes to Oklahoma City. They get rid of that contract after just a year. That's big. Josh Richardson, although not the worst contract, was not on the best contract for Philadelphia. They get rid of him, too. And now they add all these shooters who are on much cheaper deals than both Richardson and Horford were. Oh, and they add Dwight Howard, who is going to be a great backup center to have. He'll, he'll you know, last year when Never Joel and B was off the floor, they struggled. They did not have a good backup center. Now if Embiid gets hurt or Embiid just needs time off the floor, they have Dwight Howard, who is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the middle. Losers, the biggest losers, the Hornets. What the hell are the Hornets doing? Paying Gordon Hayward... $30 Thirty million a year? This is a guy who's missed at least ten games in the last three seasons. A guy who whose points per games have dipped since his peak of twenty-one points per game and during his last season on the Jazz. I have no idea the rationale for them for them signing him with this much, this large of a contract. Uh, I thought when he opted out of Boston, it might meant he was going to come back on like a cheaper deal or something. People people thought this thing about Al Horford, but nope. He goes, he secured his bag, and I truly don't understand what the Hornets are doing paying him $30 million a year. I mean, this is all, I guess it makes sense. I, I believe Mitch Kupchak's the GM, and this is the same guy who paid Timothy Mozgov $16 million a year just because he had one good playoff game. I just, I, I'm stunned by the moves the Hornets have made. I mean, everyone laughed at them last year for signing Terry Rogier for as much as they did, but not paying Kemba Walker... I mean, this this is even worse than that. Another loser, the Detroit Pistons, who I don't know what the hell they're doing either. They're doing what the Knicks did last off season, where they just signed big man after big man after big man. But they, you know who the one big man they didn't sign was Christian Wood, who is one of the who is one of their own, a restricted free agent this year, and one of their more rising one of their more rising players, a key asset to this team. And they let him walk for nothing to Houston while signing Julio Okafor, one of the Plumleys, uh, Jer- Jeremy Grant. <laughs> it makes no sense what the Pistons are doing. And another big loser, the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets actually added Christian Wood and DeMarcus Cousins. Not bad additions. But they've lost Daryl Morey. They've lost Antoni. Harden wants out. Westbrook wants out. And for, for that reason, they're losers. Uh, other moves I liked I want to share. The Nets and the Raptors re-signed their, uh, two key pieces to their, themselves. Nets get Joe Harris, one of the best three, 3 and D players in the league. Raptors signed Fred Van Vliet, who has been a key part of their core the last two years. A major part of their championship run two years ago. And a guy who, if not on the team, might, be sending the, might, might force the Raptors to go from the 2 seed to the 5 seed. He's that good. I wish the Knicks got him. I would have been fine if the Knicks paid him for $20 million a year because he would have been great to fit in the Thibodeau system. But again, I'm not... But again, he he, he fits really well in Toronto, and he's going to help this team stay a contender for the years to come. Similar to the Knicks. Oklahoma City was really in dealing. They got a ton of draft picks, uh, some, some time from taking on bad contracts. But Sam Pressy is wheeling and dealing. He, at one point, he's going to have an entire roster just full of guys he drafted without any free agent signings. I also like the Celtics getting uh, Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson. Jeff Teague is a good backup point guard that they'll have behind Kemba Walker. Veteran presence. You know, Wanamaker wasn't bad last year, but he was not the best backup point guard to have. And now they add a sizable defender in the paint and Tristan Thompson. Although Tristan Thompson should be a better rebounder, and you might want a more of a, a more more of a place, more of a floor spacer at the center position. There's still good signings and adds a couple pieces that the Celtics were missing last season. Uh, even though the Clippers lost a good amount, I still like them getting Serge Ibaka. Uh, Suns also added Jay Crowder, who I think will fit it well with CP three. They're adding more defenders to this team to try to make them more defensive oriented. Good move. And I like the Pelicans' return for Drew Holiday. They get Eric Bledsoe, who is an elite defender, on par with Drew Holiday. The only difference between him and Drew Holiday is that Drew Holiday shows up in the playoffs and Eric Bledsoe disappears in the playoffs. And they add Steven Adams, who's just a good presence. So listen to the starting lineup next year: uh, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe. That's a really good starting five. Or maybe they don't even go Josh Hart and have a starting have Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe start at point at start the guards. Very very good team again. The Pelicans GM, our D- David Griffin, has wheeled and dealed outstanding for New Orleans since taking over. I still can't believe Cleveland let him go. Uh, that's about it for talking NBA. So now let's preview some college basketball. But well, fingers crossed, the season starts on Wednesday. It's been a couple incidents happening. Duke's game against Gardner Webb got canceled. Rick Barnes, the head coach of Tennessee, uh, he has coronavirus. There's people are not sure what's gonna happen next year with them, but or n- not next year. Excuse me, people are not sure what's gonna happen to begin the season with them. So interesting to see. There will be interesting to follow, but I'm just glad that peers were getting a season, and I can't wait for college basketball. A lot of great teams are returning a ton of their top-tier talent. Uh, Gonzaga, almost all their top scorers from last season are returning. They were my pick to win it all last year. Uh, I actually am always skeptical on Gonzaga because they don't play a tough schedule. But last year, I watched a lot of Gonzaga, and what the, the way they played basketball was phenomenal. They had, seven, they had six guys in double figures. The seventh guy averaged 9.9 9 points per game, so yeah. Gonzaga is a damn good team. They led the nation in field goal percentage. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do. Again, returning all their core pieces who are just only going to get better. Oh, and Gonzaga has a freshman coming in. I, I, I forget his name, but he is the highest rated recruit in Gonzaga history. Mark Few has done a fantastic job building one of the best programs in the nation. Another, play, another team that returns a lot of key players is Baylor. Uh, I was excited to see Baylor in the beginning of the season. They had a ton of great games early on in the season. They were supposed to play Gonzaga. They were supposed to play Arizona State in the Mohegan Sun tournament. Uh, Baylor's now not participating in the Mohegan Sun because Scott Drew, their head coach, has coronavirus as well. So it's disappointing to see that. But they're adding, but they still keep their three best players from last season. And Jared Butler, who's going to be a player of the year candidate, a contender, Masio Teague and Davion Mitchell. All three of those guys were a key part of one of the nation's best defenses last year. And now it's just another year of continuity. They're having more more familiarity in Scott Drew's system. And this Baylor defense, for as good as they were last year, could be even more smothering this season. Other two teams that seem to always be around and are returning a ton of talent are Villanova and Virginia. Villanova lost nobody outside of Sadiq Bay. this offseason. They've obviously, you know, ever since Jay Wright's taken over, they've become one of the top programs in the nation. They've won two titles in, the, in recent memory. And now they have all these guys coming back. This was a Villanova team last year that somewhat disappointed. And you know what happened last time they disappointed? They didn't lose anybody and won the title the next year. So, yeah, I really, really like Nova's chances this year. And UVA to become the first back-to-back title in I don't know how long because no tournament last year. Speaking of teams, we're always there near the top actually. There's Duke, Kansas and Kentucky. You know they're all going to be good, but they don't feel as strong as they have in recent years. Duke didn't have the recruiting class that they always have with like three five-star guys. Uh, they still have a lot they still have a lot of returning talent with Duke and that's what's big for them. And sometimes that actually could pay dividends for a team like Duke. Instead of having that star freshman, a Zion Williamson or an R.J. Barrett, who you're trying to force the ball to, they have a bunch of guys who could be relied upon. A very deep team. Now, they can go nine deep, Duke, and instead of relying on one guy, play more team basketball. And this is when Duke has been at its most dangerous, when they don't have that elite, top-tier guy. Same thing with Kentucky. I mean, a few years ago, Kentucky... Had a very letdown season. Made it as an eight seed into the tournament. Ended up going to the championship game. Uh, Aaron Harrison shot. Made me a ton of money. $700 from winning a basketball pool. Basketball, a March Madness pool. Never forget that. So they do have a ton of returning. So they do have a lot of guys coming back. Kentucky who are going to contribute to that continuity. Even if it's not the star freshman. And Kansas, I'm interested to see them. I feel like they always have a player that you know about coming into the year. Devonta Graham... Uh Damian Dotson, Azabuki, Frank Mason, Thomas Robinson. This year they don't have that guy, but again I'm never in a question of Bill Self team. But Kansas is no longer just the king of the Big Ten, the Big Twelve that they always were. The Big Twelve is a lot more wide open than it's been in recent memory. Uh, let's talk some Big Ten teams. I really, really love Wisconsin this season. I am so high on them. They returned all their top five scores from last season, and this is a team that ended the year scorching hot. They struck. They were they streaked to the top of the Big Ten. I believe they won their final eight games. They were one of the hottest teams going into the tournament, and keep all those guys. Ever you know, uh, Wisconsin the past few years outside of t- conference play has been a little, little shaky. But Greg Gard has gotten the Badgers together for conference play, and has always made them a tough out. They're and they're you know they, they're a tough out when they're not expected to be good. Now you're talking about a team with all these guys returning. Wisconsin is going to be in the top ten all season long, and I think a legitimate, legitimate title contender. Uh, Iowa too. They have the they have the favorite for national player of the year in Luca Garza, a guy who, in my opinion, should have won national player of the year last season, although. We have now. Although I'm not not gonna say anything bad about Obi Toppin because I love that man. Uh, you know, people people are skeptical of Iowa. A lot of people say, uh, you know, college basketball is more than just one player. All they have is Luca Garza, uh, C.J. Frederick, John Westcamp, Jordan Bohannon. They're all back for another year. Continuity, guys returning. This is what's so big in college basketball. The more veteran of a team you are, the better you are. People, the freshmen get all the hype in college basketball, but Zion Williamson was the first freshman since Anthony Davis, and I believe the second freshman of all time just to win Player of the Year. So it's still a very senior driven league, and they have all, and again, these were their top four scorers from last year. All of them coming back. Frederick, Westcamp, and and all averaged double figures last year. So this team is more than just Luca Garza, and they're going to be one of the best teams in the nation this year. I'm really, really excited to see Iowa this year. Uh, other Big Ten teams I like, uh, Rutgers and Illinois, uh, you know, Illinois is one of the best one-two punches in the country, possibly the best one-two punch in the Big Ten in Ophie Cockburn, and I don't know how to say his first name, but Sunmu. uh, they're, they're one of the best returning duos in the country for an Illinois team that also was red hot last year, pulled off a ton of upsets, and is gonna make... A ton of noise this season with all the guys they have coming back. I like Rutgers a lot too. Rutgers had a surprise year last year. They would have made the tournament for the first time in I don't know how long had had the tournament not gotten canceled. But all their top guys are returning back also. Ron Harper and Geo Baker made a name for themselves in college basketball last year. They were both loved by Rutgers. The, the, Rutgers was one of the hardest environments to play college basketball in last season. They only lost one home game, I believe. If that, they might have gone undefeated at home. Uh, I hope this, you know, it's obviously going to be disappointing for them without, without having fans there. They want fans. They want that home court advantage. But they have to be happy. Oh, and they have Cliff O'Marrow, one, one of the highest rated recruits to ever come to Rutgers for basketball really excited to see what he can do for them. And yeah, this is a te- this is a program that's trending up and is going to make some noise in the Big 10 and they're going to make the tournament. Uh, funny, Michigan and Michigan State, they both lost a lot of their top players. But the way I see, I actually have not followed their rosters or their recruiting that much, so I'm a little out of touch with them. But they're still two of the best best coached teams in the country. If you bet against Tom Izzo, then you just actually don't know college basketball. And I'm a big fan of what Juwan Howard's doing at Michigan. I think he is a fantastic coach. He took this team that was not very heavily, that was not full of heavy recruits last year, and got him up to his highest four, and got him into to what March. Had there been a March Madness. Now let's talk my Buckeyes. Uh, obviously, we experienced some tough losses this off season. We lost the Wesson twins, who are two of the most beloved players in the history of the program, especially in recent seasons. Uh, We lost Luther Muhammad, and that's a big loss for Luther Muhammad especially. He was our best defender last season, one of the best on-ball defenders in the country, possibly the best wing defender in the entire Big Ten, and that's what really hurts this team. And you saw him. His offensive game was starting to come into its own late in the season. He had that game against Maryland where he absolutely just balled out, and it seemed like this was the game where... Luther Muhammad was going to come out and become a superstar. Losing him hurts and losing the Wessons hurt also but I'm really excited to see I, I, there's still a lot to like about this team and I'm really excited. You have Dwayne Washington Jr. Uh, is an efficient shooter shoots def- shoot the ball great from three point land. Over 40% last season. The big thing for him is he has to take shot more shots that are not just three pointers. He's little only three pointer so yeah it looks good. He shoots uh, from three-point range, but he also shoots 40% from the field. He needs to start taking more high-volume looks. He's a junior now. He's going to be relied upon to be one of our lead scorers. And, you know, I love having his three-point shooting. I love his confidence. And when he's on, he's one of the best marksmen in the country. But they need him to expand his game a little more. But, again, really excited to see what he can do for us. Was one of the best players for this team last year. And I'm really, really excited for him. I'm excited for C.J. Walker, who's now a senior even though we didn't recruit him, he's been on the team. He he, he was a key tra- key rec- key transfer for Chris Holtman, and he's going to be counted on to be a leader of this team. Uh, you know, last year he averaged a solid eight points per game, but the last six games he averaged double digits. So his game was trending in the upwards direction as well last season, as was the entire Ohio State rosters. Now that he's going to take on more of a leadership role, uh, I, I want I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, plus. He, he's a little versatile. He rebounds well and he passes well. So he, he's a good glue guy. He's going to be a Swiss Army knife. I doubt he's going to come out and average 20 points per game and be a National Player of the Year candidate. But this is a guy who can... Who can he, he, might not put up, he might not average these numbers, but he can give you a game with 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 12 points. He'll take that from uh, one of your seniors in college any day of the week. Kyle Young. I'm really, really excited to see him. He has been a force inside for Ohio State ever since they recruited him. And each year, his game has improved. He was such a key player for this team's defense inside as well. He limits the inside game. One reason why Ohio State had a top defense last year was because of him, along with Luther Muhammad. The paint defense was phenomenal because of his size. And he moves well. He's not just a big man who's going to take up and clog the paint. He moves well. He can cover defenders, cover on the wing, So Kyle Young is a guy who can guard almost all five positions on the basketball court, and that's really, really big to have in college. Plus, he shoots 60% for his career, so he's a very high, he's a very efficient shooter. He's not going to take dumb shots, and we're going to have to run the pick and roll with him a lot this year. He's going to be relied upon a lot on offense. He might end up being the go-to guy who gets the ball inside and dominates, as we've seen guys like KBD do, as we saw the Westons do last year. If he can expand his three-point game... He could be a guy who averages 18, 19 points per game and becomes the leader of this team. Another guy I'm excited to see is E.J. Liddell. He played sparingly as a freshman last year and wasn't asked to do much. But you know, he was still a solid contributor. Ohio State doesn't tend to get much out of their freshmen with the exception of D'Angelo Russell and Jared Solinger. But this was the guy. He was the top recruit coming out of Illinois in, in 2019 per 24 7 sports. Holtman and Holtman's very high on him. A lot of the a lot of the media members around Ohio State basketball are very high on him. So I'm really excited to see what e, what EJ Lidaux can do next season. It's, I think it's a big year for him and he might step up. Like I know I just said this about Kyle Young and I said that CJ Walker has to be a leader, but that's the thing about this team. There's no clear leader and there's a lot of guys who could step up to be the leader. And again, it's not that there's no leader, you just have efficient guys who move the ball around and play well together. This is a unit that, that was very cohesive together last year, and Liddell is not going to be a big part of that cohesiveness. The biggest story of Ohio State basketball now that we're here is Seth Towns. Graduate transfer for Harvard. He was a top recruit coming out of high school, was was considered an unbelievable get for Harvard, considering Harvard usually doesn't get the top-tier recruits. And he was the Ivy League Player of the Year of 2018. So, you know, he is a very talented player, a very skilled player, someone who's someone who will probably, honestly, if, if he plays the way he did in 2018, will be Ohio State's best offensive player. He should be. The, the question is, how rusty is he going to be? Guy hasn't played a game since 2018. He missed all of 2019 and 2020 due to the injury. So, that's the only reason I'm a little worried about Seth Towns, how he comes back playing his first meaningful basketball in two years. But if he can return to form... Oh man, he is gonna be such an unbelievable player for this team, and quite possibly, I'm not gonna not, I'm just not gonna say quite possibly Big Ten Player of the Year because I think Luca Garza is probably gonna take that, but he might be All Big Ten First Team if he can go back to his Harvard days. Overall, uh, overall for this team, I'm excited. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not coming in saying oh we're a championship team. But I think we're going to fight, you know, we'll be around, I think we'll be around possibly the top 15, maybe at one point even get into the top 10. And I see this team getting, you know, four or five, possibly a six seed. And as every year, but 2020 has showed us, anything can happen in March. Um, that's about it for college basketball. Very excited for the season This starts Probably my second or third favorite sport, like I said. Favorite sport to bet on, I'll tell you that much. Let's move on to, though, the NFL. What a week. The 4 p.m. slate was awesome. There was plenty to unwrap. Uh, without the Giants this week, I was intently locked in a red zone from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., Scott Hansen, I would go to war for you, my guy. I would go to war and fight for you. You are just the man. Uh, I'll quickly touch on Thursday night's game, how Seattle's defense showed up. Uh, great game for them. They played their best game of the season. Uh, I don't know if it was Jamal Adams' return and looking healthier, but again, this team was phenomenal on Thursday night. Arizona, the offense looked out of sorts. The offense probably had its worst game of the season. Maybe the game against the Lions or Panthers. But again, I'm still am a big believer of this Cardinals team, and they should rebound next week against New England. Browns, Eagles, Wentz sucks. Two picks, both in crucial times. The pick six was horrible. You, this, you can't even say this. That you can't even fault the Eagles saying, oh, you know, they're injured, they're injured. This is just Wentz playing horrible the reason why they're not that good right now. All we hear is when the Eagles are healthy, they will run away with it. Well, they're healthier than they were following the bye week. Miles Sanders is back. Lane Johnson's back. Jalen Ragor is back. Uh, people are saying, oh, Alsh- Alshon Jeffrey is not, not back. All Eagles fans complain about his Alshon Jeffrey's hands. So I don't want to hear about Alshon Jeffrey coming back. Dallas Goddard's back. He hasn't been efficient. So yeah, a lot of this is on Carson Wentz. He is completely botshit shit. Uh, now they're just a half game up on the other three teams. And the laughingstock of a division... Wentz has just been awful this year. In my opinion, they have to bench him, at least for a game. See what they got with Hurts. Look, you drafted him in the second round. See what this rookie quarterback can give you. If he doesn't provide the spot that you expected him to, then go back to Wentz. At least that tells Wentz, hey, your play is unacceptable. We were benching you because your play was unacceptable. You know, Hurts didn't get the job done, so we're giving you a chance. But look, now that, that would show Wentz that you continue playing this bad, your job is not safe, and we might replace you in the offseason. That's what they have to do. They'll try to light a fire under Carson Wentz. From the Browns side of things, they were far from perfect, too. A win's a win. They're now 7-3. and three. They're very comfortably in the wild card race. And, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest win, but as Browns fans, you have to be thrilled about it. A team that had, been, had won seven games twice since 2009 back in 2018 and I think in 2014, they did. Uh, so now they're 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 firmly entrenched in the wild card race. They're one of the front runners for it. Uh, the pr- pr- let's just say they're eight and three at this point because they have about they're playing the Jaguars next week. Uh, after that, there's two games versus the Ravens and the Titans. That's really going to say a lot about who this Browns team is. And again, they just have to sit with their formula: run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Uh, early on, the running game wasn't getting much going. Chubb and Hunt were being contained, but Eventually they wore down the Eagles defense and you saw Chubb get that big run where he didn't run out of bounds this time, but it just showed. He wore Philadelphia down. Uh, Staying, I guess since I was talking about the NFC East and and the AFC North, let's stay with those two divisions. First off, you really hate to see it with Joe Burrow. You really hate to see it. I mean, this was... This this is one of those injuries that brought Twitter together, much like Dak Prescott's. And, I mean, you know, you you knew immediately it was probably a torn ACL. Comes out today, it's a torn MCL. More structural damage. And, I mean, this was one of the just, ugh, first overall pick. Just a very likable person, too. The way he carries himself, his maturity, the way he handles himself in interviews, uh, just the fact that he's also a rookie and he's playing this well, you really just don't like to see it. It was so crushing the Bengals fans. It was so crushing the most NFL fans, really. You know, you see him. He took all these hits this season. He was taking multiple hits, including getting absolutely rocked by former teammate Chase Young. Uh, and just, was, and every time, got up and was ready to compete. Uh, Coach O said it on part of my take that Joe Burrow takes hits like nobody else and is an absolute, and is an absolute great leader. The guys love him. All the players in the NFL love him, and I really, really hope he can come back and be even better than he than he was. Cause it's, it's just so unfortunate. And th- th- this falls on the Bengals. They did nothing to build that offensive lineup. Right, honestly, with Ryan Finley, they might never, they might not win a game the rest of the season. You have to take Penae Sewell if you have the chance to get him. They need to, they need to protect Joey Burrow because it's shameful what they've done with that offensive line they put around him. Uh, one last thought I want to give on the Bengals is they might not win another game now, like I just said. And if they don't win another game, there's a good chance Zach Taylor gets fired, considering it would be four wins in two years. Zach Taylor gets fired. Do you bring in Joe Brady, his former offensive coordinator, to be the head coach? We'll see. Uh, same with Washington. Like the Giants and like Dallas, who I'll talk about later, they are now just a half game back a second place. Uh, You ought to be happy for Alex Smith, no matter who you root for, the fact that he won his first game in two years. And he definitely feels for Burrow as someone who went through a very scary career-changing injury for him. Uh, But also with Washington, there's plenty of reason to believe in this team. They have a veteran QB in, in Alex Smith, someone who's won before, who's gone very far to conference championship games before. They have a great coach in Ron Rivera, and they have an underrated defense. Their pass defense is top five in the NFL. Kendall Fuller has been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And I've talked enough about this defensive line where they have four first-round picks, five first-round picks if you include Kerrigan, including Chase Young, who is just a menace. I hate to say it, but they might be their defense is probably better than the Giants. And I also hate to say it, but this is why Washington benched in Haskins. They saw the crapshoot that was the NFC East. And instead of playing out of Haskins as a rebuilding year and seeing what they have at other young QB, they wanted to put in their QB that gave them the chance to best win the division, which, I admit, is not Dwayne Haskins. Texans-Patriots. Just when the Patriots were like they're back, they put up a stinker. Horrible play call, by the way, by Josh McDaniels. I didn't really understand what he was doing. Has Cam Newton throwing it 40 times in this game? That's yeah, I'm saying so they were playing from behind, but having Cam throw it forty times, that's not gonna win you games, Josh. Especially with the with this t- cast of receivers around him. Uh, yeah, Jacoby or uh, Bird was really good for the Patriots this week, but. You know, he's not a reliable number one. They need more receivers around him. When they need to go stick with a running game plan. They got up 7-0, and on that first drive, Damian Harris has five carries for 25 yards and gets six carries the rest of the way. Damian Harris has had an unbelievable last few weeks. I don't understand why McDaniels did that, and that's a big reason why the Patriots lost this game. It's because they abandoned the running game. While the Texans, they beat a team that finally isn't the Jaguars. Uh... Outside of the Colts and Titans, their schedule lightens up, and if they can pull off an upset at one of those teams, this is a team that can get the six or seven wins, which would be really impressive considering the start they have. And you know they're tr- they're going to be playing every game to win. They're not trying to tank because because they have don't or they don't have a first round draft pick. The Dolphins own their first round draft pick, so. They do not want to. They do not want to lose more games and give the Dolphins a top pick that could be theirs. They're going to come out every game and compete. And I still think this team can get up to six or seven wins. This was their best game of the season, no doubt. Lions, Panthers, an inexcusable loss for the Lions. Inexcusable. They suck. You put up zero points against this Panthers defense, which, you know, it's not the worst in the league. But it's far from the best of the league. They're, this Panthers defense should not be shutting anybody out. A team that is one of out of five run defense in the NFL. I get you don't have DeAndre Swift. They didn't, or, or Kenny Galladay. They didn't have Teddy Bridgewater. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey. They had a quarterback making his first career start, someone who played in the XFL, and you let him beat you twenty to nothing. This was an absolute no show. A game that might get the team to quit on that Patricia. And I'm saying this. Matt Patricia is coaching for his job against the Texans on Thanksgiving. If, if the Lions don't show up the way they didn't show up this week, I don't see how Matt Patricia can last. I, I just don't see it. The Lions clearly have not rallied around him in the last three years. He appears to have lost the locker room. And if, he, and, if they, and if they don't show up two weeks in a row for him, especially on Thanksgiving when they're actually on primetime, well, say bye-bye, Maddie. Uh, he'll be having Thanksgiving alone, and, and honestly, you see that man? He looks like he has a Thanksgiving feast to himself every day. While Rule, uh, uh, on the other side of things, Rule's a fantastic coach. He showed why he was worth the money. The guys, His guys rallied behind him despite the absence of McCaffrey, despite the absence of Teddy Bridgewater. He put together a solid offensive day with an XFL quarterback, and yeah, the uh, yeah he was the best player in the XFL last season, and probably would have won the MVP had the league not gotten canceled. But the the talent in the XFL is a huge drop off from the talent in the NFL. Well, I guess not the talent on the Lions. And they're you know the D's that you know the now the D's but honestly I guess the defense is playing fine despite losing both guys like Keekley and Bradberry in the off season. I mean, odds are are they going anywhere this off this season? No. But man, do they have a bright, bright future. Uh, Saints, Falcons. Uh, Saints solidified themselves as the top as the NFC's top team, in my opinion. Uh, Taysom Hill was pretty good. You know, he didn't beat the Falcons with his arm, but he did it with his legs. So, uh, similar but different to Drew Brees. Drew Brees has not beaten many teams with his with his arm. Obviously he won't beat teams with his leg, but he built it with an efficient turnover freestyle football. Uh, okay, Taysom may hold the one turnover, but other than that, played mistake-free, conservative throws, throws that kept the ball moving, kept the drives alive, and it's just a lot of what Drew Brees did. Uh, I was honestly really surprised, oh, he also made the plays when the Saints needed him to make plays the most. And the two rushing touchdowns, too, are huge. Shows the kind of weapon he is and the offensive threat he is. Uh, I was honestly surprised that he got the start. I thought that Jameis Winston would have gotten the start of this game and that Hill would stay in a package similar to how they use him. But like, in the end, I guess it makes sense. Uh, you're trying to figure out, is Taysom Hill the franchise, is the quarterback of the future? You have him under contract for the next few years. I think given this injury, it's more likely than not Drew Brees' last season. So, you, you know, evaluate Taysom Hill. Decide, okay, is this the guy we're going to move forward with? Or should we move forward with Jameis Winston? Or should we draft somebody this offseason? Uh, On the other side of the ball, the defense has continued to ball out. Uh, No Lattimore this week. And the defense still played one of their best games of the season. Ever since the bye week, they've been lights out. They limited the Panthers. They shut down the Falcons offense, which has been one of the best offenses in the NFL all season long. They just they shut down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in one of the most impressive wins of the season for any club. They shut down the Bears, who I mean are the Bears, but the defense has just been really good for New Orleans. And given the, given the weapons on offense they have, that offensive line, and the way the defense is played, they have to be the favorite in the NFC. And while the Chiefs look like the clear-cut NFL, while the Chiefs and Steelers look like the, the two clear-cut best teams in the NFL, the Saints are right there just behind them. Falcons' offense, they were all all out of sorts this game as well. Once Julio went out, the offense never recovered. The running game never got going. A big reason why, because they were playing catch-up. Matt Ryan threw two picks. I will say, though, since Raheem Morris took over, the defense has played pretty well. They only allowed 24 points, no passing touchdowns. uh, Outside of this one weird play on red zone, uh, no big big plays allowed, uh, but they it was just they was small little plays that it was more, it was more the Falcons the Saints offense made made good plays and the Falcons defense playing bad. But it's just unfortunate for the Falcons who now have a tough part of their schedule coming up and are staring at a potential top five pick with another game against the Saints upcoming, two more games against Tampa Bay upcoming and a game against Kansas City. Being three, being being four of their final six games. I mean, they oh and, and they host Oakland. They might they might end up winning just one more game this season. Even though I was just saying they might go on a mini run a couple weeks ago, I was wrong. Steelers, Jaguars, Jaguars suck. Luton was awful. At one point, my boy Steve, remember him, the Jaguars fan who came on texted our group chat that Deontay Johnson. Had more catches than Luton had completions. I mean, there's nothing more than that. The Jaguars were just awful. But Luton, I mean, but uh, Deontay Johnson and Claypool were fantastic. First, how the hell did Charles Claypool fall to the second round? He's been one of the best rookie receivers in the NFL this season. How huh? one of the best receivers in the NFL this season. Ten touchdowns and ten games. It's amazing the Steelers got this guy as late as they did. That, you know he might be the best Canadian football player of all time already, and he's only a rookie. What an unbelievable performance for him! Uh, the Steelers are now ten and zero, and outside of Baltimore and Buffalo, I don't see any major challenges left. And based on the way Buffalo plays against top defenses and the way Baltimore has played recently, honestly, I see the Steelers going sixteen and zero. Speaking of those Ravens, they are in trouble. They blew it. They were up 11 with 9.34 left in the third quarter, and they blew it. You know, a big thing, I've said this on the podcast before, the Ravens have not let them come from behind. They're built to win with the lead. Well, now they've lost games where they've had the lead and multiple times this season. Three of their last five games, they've had double-digit leads and have blown it. Against the Eagles they held on to win, but they nearly did. And one of those and one of those two games that where they didn't blow a double digit lead, they lost. So yeah, this team is in trouble. The offense looks nowhere near as good as it did last season. The running game with Mark Ingram is not getting going. Lamar Jackson is not making the same explosive plays he's had. The play action game has worked nowhere near as well as it has as well as it did last season. It just it's just I don't know what happened. It seems it's similar to what happened with Colin Kaepernick, where his first season in Greg Roman's offense, he was a superstar. Looked like he was gonna be a stud for the next few years. And then, you know, off defense started to catch on to the Greg Roman offense. It's possible that this is happening with Lamar Jackson. And I said this before the season, did I not? That we seen these quarter that we seen a lot of QBs come out and run the ball extremely well. A guy like Michael Vick when he came out in twenty ten. Uh, a guy like Colin Kaepernick, and then struggled after, and now we're seeing it happen with Lamar Jackson. Look, they have the Steelers and they have the Browns on this schedule. They're in serious danger of missing the playoffs, a far cry from the juggernaut they were last year, and honestly the early portion of the season. Get your shit together, Baltimore, Uh, because you have Pittsburgh on a short week this week. You have Dallas, which will probably be a win. And then you have Cleveland. And, you know, Cleveland is playing a lot better than you are right now. You could much very well be going into Week 15 with a 7-6 and six record. Uh, I, I had a bright side. I, I had my notes on the bright side that Dobbins got more involved in the offense. And he's been paying dividends. I've been calling to involve Dobbins more in the offense. Now, how involved is he going to be in the weeks coming forward? Because both him and Mark Ingram have COVID. Talking Titans, it Sito season. Uh, Derek Henry will the Titans the victory. Seems like this game was either run or play action every single first down. So predictable. Yet it worked. Titans were either giving Henry the ball and wearing down the Ravens' defense slowly. As you see, he ran a lot better late in the game, including overtime. Or they were just running play action and creating big plays. I swear, Ryan Tannehill would every single play action. I just don't get how you don't know if play action or a run is coming every single first down if you're baltimore you know things were looking in trouble for tennessee when they lost three out of four but now they're also seven and three they hold one of the wild card spots and have a huge rematch with the colts next week with first place on the line and let's stay talking about those colts what a comeback they had the first half the defense was atrocious and you know and an overreaction twitter saying this is what happens when the colts face a real quarterback the defense was finally going to get exposed for the first time all year but they do what any great defenses do and when they play one bad half of football shut locked down football in the second half they gave up 28 points in the first half 3 in the second Devontae Adams was limited almost the entirety of the second half the running game was not going for, for Green Bay in the second half Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looked uncomfortable and I've been skeptical of this team but oh man, did they prove me wrong? This game, with the way they came back, with the way their defense played in the second half, Phillip Rivers has now made multiple comebacks this season, while trailing by a ton. It's, it's, it also goes on Frank Reich, the guy who he makes those halftime adjustments, and that man, he is balls of steel. On thir- on fourth and four, uh, around the thirty-nine yard line, he goes for it instead of punting it and putting Green Bay in a bad position, or kicking the field goal. And forcing Green Bay to go the length of the field. Nope. He went for it. Got the first down. Eventually had to give the ball back. Because what the hell happened in this game? Colts nine holding calls? I've never seen that. At one point, the game was infuriating the watch. Because it was holding after holding after holding. It really was honestly annoying the watch. The refs were dictating the game. Uh, you know, slow the game down. It just made it like a drag. But they still managed to get the win despite all the holding calls, and that's a great teams do. You know, I I, I said I said this about the Packers. I thought the Colts were built to beat them. I picked the Packers to win this. Uh, I picked the Colts to win this game. But I was honestly stunned at Green Bay's effort in the second half. I you know I thought the Colts were going to beat them with great defense and running the football. They beat them with great defense in the second half. But Rodgers was out of sync with his wide receivers, and the running game was abandoned. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both ran pretty solid in the first half. In the second half, they really just run away from it. I couldn't tell you what happened to this team in the second half. They're still going to win the NFC North. I mean, they're still clearly the best team in that division. But this loss shows that the Packers have a lot of questions and that if they face a team that's a great running team and a physical defense, they're going to get bodied. Uh, Little fun fact about this game. This comeback means that this is the second season in NFL history, the first being 2015, with a comeback of at least 13 points once a week in the first 11 weeks. Saw that stat from Boy on Twitter. Chargers-Jets. Uh-huh. Honestly, I felt like this could have been another Chargers loss. The Jets were slowly creeping back in it. And there was one play. Chargers snapped the ball to their punter. Punter runs back to the end zone, gets a safety, you know, just was running, trying to draw the clock back, not kick it to the Jets. Well, there was one second left, and I felt like the Jets could have returned the punt and what would have been the most Chargers way to lose if they did it. Honestly, if they played any other team but the Jets, they probably would have given up a returning touchdown. I mean, the Jets didn't even attempt a the lateral. They ran right into it. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Jets are going 0-16. Broncos, Dolphins... Tua was bad. Really bad. And, you know, this This also did feel like a trap game. Uh, you know, I do... I make my playoff predictions and record predictions every week at, based on what I see, based on the injuries that happen in the NFL. And any I'd have the Dolphins losing this game, until this week, I actually picked Miami to win. And they just were not very good. They honestly might be... I, I, know, I You know, I've been saying the Dolphins are good, or good, and now I like, contradict myself by saying... They might be frauds. The offensive line was horrible. That run defense was bad. And when you're playing January football, you need to be able to play good run defense. So they're they're gonna win. They're gonna have a winning record more, more likely than not. And but the biggest thing is you look at their schedule. They have the Patriots and they have the Raiders on their schedule. Two of the best running teams in the in the NFL right now. And if they can't stop the run against them. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. I mean, I I I see. I I think they're going to end up winning nine or ten games and getting left out of the playoff picture right now because of the deepness of the playoff, the deepness of the AFC. Broncos, good win for Drew Locke. They're four and six. A little some of the to build towards, but at this point, the the Broncos are playing to save Vic Fangio's job. Game of the day was Vikings. Cap. No, no. Game of the day was Sunday night actually, but that. This was game of the day, because I guess it was during the day. Back and forth. Uh, You know, everyone knows Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. What are they known for? Choking. But they did not choke this game. Back and forth, throwing dime and touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, Funny kind of, too, because their numbers were actually very similar. The same number of completions. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Zeke ran the ball extremely well. Zeke... Now going to this game, had eight straight games without a hundred yards. Ended that streak today. It did not look like we were watching a two and seventeen versus a four and five team, and it was a very entertaining game. CD Lamb and Adam Thielen both made catch of the year grabs. Just wow! It was. I mean, Thielen had his best game of the season, burning that Dallas secondary just like almost anybody has done this season, and it was really really fun to watch this game. I honestly said that. Dallas' offense would have been fine with Andy Dalton at quarterback. And then the game against Arizona happened and the game against Washington happened and I thought I was wrong. But this was the game I kind of expected to see from this Dallas offense once Andy Dalton took over the starting job. And just what, what a fun, exciting game it was. Great for him to lead a game-winning drive. And now Dallas, the team that everyone wanted to make fun of, is now also just a half game back of this NFC East. I mean... <laughs> how is this? How is this NFC East so bad? Where you could be three and seven and be a half game back of the division lead. <laughs> oh my God, it is a joke of a division. And my Giants are in it too. I think we're still gonna win it. I'm probably delusional and hopeful, but hey, we can all believe. Uh, poor Minnesota. If they won this game, they go to five and five with. The Jaguars and Panthers coming up on their schedule. Now instead they sit at four and six, and odds are probably not gonna make the playoffs. This was a win that this is a game that if they win, really boost their playoff chances. But now for them, they're probably gonna have to go five and one down the stretch. And I don't know if I see them doing that, to be honest. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Could be wrong, but I do not like their chances to do it. Uh, now, the game of the game of the night. Uh, I guess this was the best game all day. Chiefs-Raiders. Uh, first off, we know the Raiders are for real tough loss for them at the end. Uh, but look, they, they played the Chiefs better than anybody has this season. They beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. They almost beat them this week. So you have to give credit to them. The Chiefs are all, all universally considered to be the best team in the NFL this, in the NFL right now, even though the Steelers are undefeated. And the Raiders went toe-to-toe with them and really looked like they were going to win. Jason Witten scores that touchdown, where I haven't seen Jason Witten move like that since 2012. Uh, except when he was in the booth, of course. So, really impressive performance from the Raiders. You know, in the NFL, you never like to lose, but this was a very positive loss for this team. This was a team that shows. This was a loss that shows the Raiders belong in contention. This was the only hard game left on their schedule. Now they have the easiest schedule left. They get the Jets, the Chargers, the Broncos. Should be based on the way we've seen from this team. That should be three wins. Uh, their other three games are they have they have the Colts and the Dolphins who they need to win at least one of those games to get in. I believe they can win both those games to be honest, because I think that. Phillip Rivers in Oakland. Well, you know, Phillip Rivers playing at wherever the Raiders are never does well. And I I just just like this Oakland team at home, especially because they can run the ball down Miami's throat. But we're going to talk about them, their future, another time. Uh, We'll stay with the Kansas City. I mean, Pat Mahomes. I mean, what what else is there to say about him? He goes 6 of 7 for 75 yards and a minute 15 on that drive. On that final drive. Making it look easy. It's looking like he's playing on rookie and Madden. They're now 9-1. Offense is loaded. Uh, it's kind of funny. When I, I was when I was watching ESPN this morning. They were saying. Uh, this is this Kansas City team? Is there more cause for concern than last year? In my opinion. This is the best I've seen Kansas City play football. In their last in their three years since my homes took over. They have won bad defensive game. Against a really good Raiders offense. And now people are questioning this team. No. This is the best I've seen them play in, 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 the, in the three years. And that includes a Super Bowl win and Mahomes having a 50-plus touchdown year. So, yeah, that's very scary. Uh, obviously, Kansas City's good. They're still my pick to win at all. Preseason pick, I don't see any reason why they won't repeat now. Uh, that's about it for recapping all the games. Uh, it's Monday night. I'm recording this. I'll say it now. I'm going to pick the Bucks over the Rams. I'll possibly share my live reaction after that game before I upload this episode. And that's really about it uh, in, t- in terms of talking the NFL. Now joining me is going to be Ryan and Kyle Mobis. So without further ado, here is that interview. And I'd like to welcome on not one, but two special guests, cousins Ryan and Kyle Mobis. Ryan, Kyle, how are we doing, guys? Thank you guys for uh, coming on. I'm glad you guys texted me wanting to come on. Uh, you know, Before we talk sports, I want to talk about an issue that you presented to me, Kyle. A topic that we agree on, but disagree with Ryan on. Wendy's Chili. Yeah,
3: this seems to be a good topic of discussion. I don't, I don't see the hate in Wendy's Chili because it's delicious and always has been. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's... <laughs> you just make that like, first off, your argument says all you need to know about that garbage dog food chili, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good, it always has been. Like, no. come on, no, it like, was, come on, it, it's, it's, great. Made, you know what they make it out of? Old burger meat. No. I swear to God, look it up.
3: No. Right. You know what's great about it, is it, go to Wendy's and her hungry but not starving and you want maybe a baconator and then you get a chili on the side with some
1: fries dump the fries in the chili
3: yes
2: yes (laughs) someone's thinking smart
1: i mean i just i just feel like if you're going to go to a fast food place and you get something like chili you're asking to be on the bathroom On the toilet in the bathroom for at least the next three days. You're asking
2: if you get fast food in general, you're asking to be on the bathroom. Yeah,
1: but like, but at least I'm enjoying it going down. Like, Wendy's Chili? That's so good. Lobster roll from McDonald's. First of all,
3: I knew we were going to talk about this and I Googled Wendy's Chili to see if there was any issues going on, like current event problems with Wendy's Chili, and all I could find were copycat recipes, which means the general population
1: likes Wendy's Chili because there's copycat recipes on Can you please do me a favor and give me the saber metrics on Wendy's Chili? Like, how many people like if, it?
2: If people how didn't like it, if people didn't like it, it'd be off the menu.
1: Like, compared exactly. to the other things on their menu, like, I want to see. No. No. The guy at Barstool brought it up the other day, right? Yeah, br- it, which is actually pretty surprising.
2: It was so it was so funny, yeah, because uh, Brandon Walker tweeted that out and I was just dying because we were literally coming on we were planning to talk about it. And he's and Brandon Walker is smart. He agrees with us that yeah. Wendy's chili is good. I
1: like food. He's from Mississippi. He can't be that smart. I mean, honestly, Ryan, <laughs> you all people,
3: I'm surprised because I know the most is like fast food. No, well, okay. He, we love
1: fast food, but we take our, our, I don't know about your household, but here we chili. take chili very seriously. So that's why I can never yeah, sit here not going and to talk a about a
3: restaurant for uh, chili. You're
1: going yeah. to Wendy. I'm going to Wendy's. I'm gonna
2: get a fucking baconator. I'm not gonna go get an goddamn bowl of chili. I got that at my house in the fridge. Oh man, always. Oh no, I like. will like, I like Wendy's chili. My my mom used to make chicken chili, and that was my favorite chili of all time. That's good, that's good. But Wendy's chili, like when I got my wisdom teeth out, I couldn't eat shit. I was drinking smoothies, like slurping spaghetti, and then I just for like three days in a row, I ate Wendy's chili, and I love that shit. It was yeah. so fucking you good. Know,
3: I surprised I didn't think of the Wendy's chili when I got the wisdom teeth out. I went with the, uh, Popeye's, um, um, mashed potatoes.
1: Potato. Yeah. Yeah, that was
2: delicious. You can never go wrong with Popeye's or KFC mashed potatoes. Oh, you, K- you, K-
1: you you don't, you don't like Popeye's
2: mashed, mashed potatoes.
1: Oh my goodness. Wait, are you, are you one that says Kit Kats aren't a top five candy? Me? No, I, I, um. I mean, not top five for me personally, but I like Kit kats Like, I'm not like, I'm not like a hater. Yeah, but I mean, how is that not a top five candy? Well, let's just move this topic over if you don't I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a peanut butter guy. I'm, I'm strictly
2: like I hate Reese's. I guy. hate Reese's.
1: Well, see, Jason, that's where I disagree with you whole, wholeheartedly.
2: Like, I hate I peanut, issues. I only eat, the only time I eat peanut butter is out of the, the jar. I don't like peanut butter sandwiches. I don't like peanut butter candy. I like peanut butter on a spoon. That is
1: I I mean, I agree with you. I'll eat eat peanut butter anywhere, honestly. Like, you can put peanut butter on anything. And I'll just eat it. Anything? I'm happy to say that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... Nah, dude, like, think about it. Anything Reese's, peanut butter m ms are probably the best thing known to man. Pretzel m ms are better. Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs? Like, peanut butter just hits differently, in my opinion. Like, I put that shit in in a shake that I make every day, like a morning shake. Okay,
2: I do like peanut butter shakes. That, 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 that's fair.
1: Right? So, peanut butter candy always hits. k are good. It's just like, they're
2: kind of boring. So, so, so me, me and some of my other friends actually had this debate. Uh, where do you put chocolate bars versus candy? Like, some people put them in different rankings because chocolate bars, kick cats my top five. If we're talking overall candies, I'm a big sour guy. So, this is where we have to like, you know, where are we distinguishing the line? All candies? Are we incorporating Skittles, Starburst, Sweet Tarts? Or are we talking strictly chocolate candy?
1: I guess candy, like, in general. Like, all of it. It's just about, like, your preference. Like, you just said, like, you like the fruity stuff. You like chocolate candies. Like,
3: it's all, like, it's all in there, you know? Yeah, I guess candies. I throw it all together.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just, for... like,
3: Kit Kat still finds its way in my top five.
2: Uh, Kit Kat might find its way in my top five. Candy, chocolate bar, it's number two. Number one to me is always going to be Nestle Crunch. Yeah, that
1: just, you can't beat
2: Nestle Crunch. Um, unless you're Woody, yeah, who totally just thinks that Kit Kat's a Nestle Crunch are for babies. Yeah, no
1: way. I, I might uh, God, you know how much I hate you, that you guys are, like, kind of almost making, me agree with her? <laughs> because I kind of agree with her, like, Nestle Crunch sucks. Wait,
3: wait, wait. so you like Hershey's over Nestle? Yeah. That's crazy.
2: Hershey's are too chocolatey. It's way too.
3: It's just not like the right taste of the chocolate. Ah, You get that? Don't get me wrong, I'll eat it, but.
2: I mean, you ever go to the movie theater, buy Buncher Crunch, pour it in the popcorn? Oh, baby! I
1: buy Reese's Pieces at the movie theater. (laughs) Uh, Every time.
2: Well, the the real thing we're doing wrong is actually buying candy at the movie theater and not the dollar store, which is right next to Mantle Theater. (laughs) I why do I, I want to go back? What are you saying about Popeyes, Ryan?
1: I would I would never eat mashed potatoes from Popeyes. It's just
2: crazy. Matt Matt Matt. I ma-
1: mean, it's they put the gravy on it. It looks like my little cousin threw up on it.
2: I prefer. I'll be honest. It's asked.
1: like drip. It's like drip to the side. It's disgusting.
2: Though. I I've actually never had the mashed potatoes from Popeyes, but you know what place has some fire mashed potatoes? KFC. KFC. All right, my man. What? No! How do you know KFC's mashed potatoes are the t- top tier mashed potatoes? Good
1: things to eat. Like, those are places so good. And those are those are that's one thing you just don't get there, in my opinion. <laughs> like mashed potatoes from Popeyes, chili from Wendy's. Two things I will never trust.
3: I don't go to Popeyes for their mashed potatoes, but like obviously when I have my wisdom teeth out, Popeyes, KFC, those like that kind of food. That's where I'm going to get it. However. I've had it in the past without having my whiskey teeth out, and it's still delicious.
2: It's just something you got to try. you got to give it a shot. I mean,
1: Kyle, uh, you know I've tried it before, and I hate it every second of it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here trashing it. It's terrible. It's cold. absurd. I told you, like, I opened that thing up, and I was so disappointed. Because I love mashed potatoes. So I was just like, this is just a disservice. The mashed potatoes And I'm gonna be having some On Thursday Thanksgiving Favorite thing on Thanksgiving
2: Really? Mashed potatoes.
1: Fuck yeah
2: What's your favorite thing On Thanksgiving, Kyle While we're on this topic?
3: It's
1: close between Mashed potatoes and stuffing
2: To yeah. me it's so Even,
1: even better It's them, Sorry, Jason The best thing is They're mixed together Mashed potatoes yeah. and stuffing
2: yeah. If we're talking about The best generic thing it, To me it's stuffing But at my Thanksgiving My grandma's brisket Is very prominent So to me that takes number one
1: It's always dry. It's always Keep
2: drying it. it. It is always dry. That is family. You know, it's yeah, it's a it's a key part of it. You have to if you put enough gravy on it. Oh, let me guess, Rod, you probably hate KFC's gravy too, right?
1: <laughs> it's not gravy. It's not real, dude. It's literally like generic, like from a bad gravy. Like I don't
3: trust that, dude. Where do you think the burgers come from at McDonald's? They pull them out at the. First off, I get a quarter
1: pounder with cheese. Get about I get a quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's. Kill? I get a quarter pounder with cheese from McDonald's and it's cooked fresh to work, thank you. Hot. So that's all I'm saying. That's you get, It's all about getting the right
2: thing. This this is a hot take for me. I don't like McDonald's burgers. Oh.
3: So wait, do you like the Whopper more than the Big Mac?
2: I hate Whoppers more than I hate Big Mac. I don't hate Big Macs. I am a big, big McNugget guy.
3: Okay, I like McNuggets too, but so like, if you're getting a burger, where are you
2: going, Wendy's? Wendy's easily Baconator.
1: you're gonna tell me that a burger should be in the shape of a square
2: oh my are you gonna complain that's,
1: that's where I this is where I'm questioning your judgment now Wait, because that's you, not what the shape should be
2: so you, so you so you won't go so you say you are You, you, won't go to Wendy's for chili but you'll go for their burgers and now you're I'm shitting not on I'm
1: sitting here and telling you that the bacon here doesn't fucking kick ass because it does I love it but you can't sit like it just isn't it's just different
2: it could be it could be shit like a goddamn dick if it tastes good I'm gonna eat it <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, but like the dude, like <laughs> burger's supposed to be round, man. It's supposed to be round. It's a cert- It's always has been. That's something you don't mess with. Oh, no, Wendy's that's... wanted to go out there and fuck with it. The shape I respect it. it. Bothered me, but Ryan, I'm surprised you're a little
3: picky with this fast food shit, man.
1: I, because I'm, I you know that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mickey Slicks, Mickey Dickies, McDonald's loyalist over here, like. In my opinion, that's okay, see, the yo, pinnacle McDonald's. of fast
2: food. I, I Oh McDonald's know. is my go-to fast food, like it's, it, it's, it's my
1: favorite. Jason, you just said you weren't a fan
2: of McDonald's, like five minutes. No 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 you no 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 no, 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 no no I said I wasn't oh, a fan of McDonald's big, burgers. But my burgers. my go to drunk food has always been McNuggets and fries. I lived two minutes away from McDonald's in college, so that was my big thing. Was always two AM McNuggets. It's always good stuff.
1: You can't beat it.
2: What other what, what fast foods don't you like? You probably don't like... You probably don't like Chick-fil-A's spicy chicken, I'm gonna... You're probably gonna say, oh, right? That's
1: just an absurd take. Of course I do. I'm not an asshole. All right. I'm we... just like, when it comes to, like, mashed potatoes and chili, I'm definitely not getting them from a the fucking fast
2: <laughs> Oh, so let me guess. Let me guess. Are you not gonna get, uh... Five? All right. Are you not gonna get Chick-fil-A's mac and cheese, then?
1: Of course I will. That's Thank different. you. Mac and cheese at Popeye's is good. So mac and good. Cheese yeah. At and cheese mac is good. At any of those places. Dude. Those places got mac and cheese down. That's not something that's that outlandish, like chili, at a fast food Wait, place. Like mac uh, and cheese is kind of common. Does Chick Fil A have mashed potatoes? Oh, uh, good
2: they, question. They should. I don't think they do. They should though. they would probably be fi- fire.
1: I would maybe it try it from them. Tomorrow. I would maybe try theirs, because I trust them.
2: All right. So, are you uh, sp- Are you guys? Are you so? Are you guys spicy chicken or regular regular chicken sandwich?
1: Spicy.
2: Thank you. Something we can always agree on.
3: Yeah, finally
2: it's proton. And uh and the debate Popeyes versus Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. I,
3: I think I know what Ryan's gonna go with, but No, I wanna hear what you say at first. I
1: would say Chick-fil-A. I'm saying
3: Popeyes.
2: alright, Ryan, I t- Ryan, I'm taking Dude. your side on this. Popeyes, Dude. the quality of that chicken in the sandwich was so good.
1: Yo, more meat. More
3: You're meat? I had to wait in line for, like, 35 minutes for that damn sandwich because oh. I saw it all over Twitter, Instagram, all over social media, and it was just, like, a letdown.
1: And I think it's to wait. When was the last time that you ate a Popeye's chicken sandwich? Go. Like, oh. If there was a line, yes. When was the last time that you went?
3: I, no, the last time I went for that sandwich was when it came out, like,
1: within okay. the month. It's a year ago. Yeah. But, okay. There's, there's no, no wine, wine at Popeye's. I haven't gone back. Yeah, there's no wine at Popeye's ever. Every time I go to Chick-fil-A,
2: guess what? I'm sitting in a fucking 20-minute. Oh, yeah. do you go to that new Chick-fil-A that just opened on 22? That, there's always it's a line.
1: It's in the hometown.
2: Always okay. a line. And right down the street no. is Popeye's, and there's no line. Yeah, you're going to get much worse customer service, and you'll pro- they'll probably get your order wrong, but yeah, you're going to have the white meat chicken from Popeye's is phenomenal. My
1: point is, Kyle, you got to go back. Yeah, go back no, to the I that,
3: but What I'm saying is, my point is, it was overhyped because the lines were so long and people were making such a big deal over a chicken sandwich that was good, but not
1: worth waiting in that line for.
2: Motherfuckers were stabbed over this shit. <laughs>
1: oh, that's true. People were getting murdered in the streets <laughs> over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> the- to me, that alone gave it like two points. Because I was like people are killing someone over this shit it must be pretty good Re-
2: the real yeah you gotta do what I do I did the real test I uh, I got both hit the bong eat both of them stones see which one's better and, <laughs> and that's why I determined Popeyes was
1: because you know what your your senses are just so you're so much more like in touch with yourself when you're baked like that you're a smart man for doing so I wish I smoked pot still that sounds great honestly <laughs> That's honestly a smart move.
2: Uh, Any other fast food takes before we move on to sports?
1: I I think we covered it all. I think we
2: covered it all. Uh, Or or, or one last thing I want to ask about. Thoughts on chicken fries at Burger King?
1: I think they're phenomenal.
2: Best thing on the menu?
1: Yep. I I think anything from Burger King is dog food. (sighs) Burger King is... Alright. Growing up the long hill, it's the only fast food we got you poor, I feel so bad for you guys. Like you had to deal with you
2: that. It is the worst. It is the worst. It is one of the it's lowest, so most fast foods. Definitely the worst fast food franchise. Yeah, but
3: the, the oh, chicken fries bad. are very bomb. Yeah. Not, sure.
2: not bad.
1: That's probably the best
2: thing on the menu. All right, I I always going agree with that, and yeah, I'd say the best dessert uh dessert fast food are McFlurries, but the machines never work. So. Yeah, that's true.
3: Oh wait, no, you know Bird King sells. Shake. They, they have good shakes. But those um, they do have good shakes. But those like triangle cakes. You know what I'm talking about. I've never gotten that. They're good. they're good. They are good. I think triangle Hershey's made some
1: it, it comes in a triangle box, and it's just like a kid. like a so cake it's a something. piece of cake. It's a
3: piece of cake. I know. Like, I think there's. A, it might be like an ice cream cake. I don't know. <laughs> they <It's, laughs> those triangle box. cakes. I'm like, You need a piece of cake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get, yo, Jason, this kid called my gazebo a gazebo, just so you understand. Like, this kid just doesn't know. But
0: stop.
1: One of those triangle cakes. Oh my
3: god. I'm trying to describe it. I'm gonna try.
4: Piece of
3: pie. cake. Slice,
2: whatever. There you go. Slice. That's better. Hey, I mean, hey, you know, I know some people could eat like a circle slice. It's like a circle slice. Maybe a it's, rectangle slice? With a circle
1: cake? All right, yeah, I guess so. I guess you're not wrong with the rectangle piece, but the circle one you got out of your back. That's not even a possibility. Like, who cuts a circular piece of cake? Let's say fuck that's it.
2: <laughs> nah, that, that I'll agree with. That is what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing we could agree on, one thing we could all agree on, is that we all love the Yankees. Then we could all agree... The most important move we have to make right now is re-sign DJ Lemayu. He should not be a free agent right now. He should be just re-signed already. But aside from DJ, what moves do you want to see the Yankees make?
3: Uh, there's so many ways to go. Um, obviously, like you said, signing DJ is number one priority. Because if we don't sign him, the Mets are going to sign him.
2: Oh, God. That's yeah, fear porn. I uh, got it.
3: I threw up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it all depends on if we get DJ. and I don't think we're going to be making any moves until we do so, or until we find out what we do with him. But uh, my opinion is uh, Lindor or Bauer, and or Bauer,
2: yeah, my my only issue with Lindor is if we re-sign DJ, where does he fit in? Cause Stanton, take you can't. I'd love to move Voigt to DH, but you can't move Stanton out of DH. Yeah, uh, well,
1: the, the thing is with like Lindor, the reason why like kind of like what like Jason you just said, I wouldn't want to put Lind because we honestly have the guys, and I honestly felt like Glaber. Was it let down last season defensively? Oh, absolutely. I would use the word liability at some points. So what I think the Yankees should do is sign Didi back as a utility infielder. Use him to play, you know, short. Mix him into that, like, the infield. Bring back DJ. You know, maybe even D.H. Boyd one day, throw a standout left, and then have DJ play first, and Glaber play second. Deep. I don't like the way they did it in 2019. I'd rather them do that than get Lindor, save the money, get the value on DD, and then get, but I do agree with getting Bauer. Mm-hmm. I saw today that Snell is on the trade block. I highly doubt the jerk off Or Yeah, you didn't see that? That was on um, Boot's Report. Like uh, The, the raise said that uh, they'd be willing to trade with Snell. But. I highly doubt the Rays will trade uh, trade him to us. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is uh, a pitcher on the market. That I, just
2: can't think. I know there, there's no good aces on the market. That's what sucks. Like
3: it's just I mean, Bauer, and then you got some bullpen guys. You can get. He, he,
2: here's my only thing with uh, it's not even my issue with Bauer. Here's why I don't think we might sign him. I talked about this with my one of my friends who's an Indians fan. Is Bauer cares so much about his brand. And the Yankees kind of might try to have him tone it down, at least the organization. And I think right. that's an that he'll collide with Steinbrenner over that.
3: Yeah. Right. When I look at Bauer, I don't see him in pinstripes. He's just not a Yankee to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think we need that one-two punch in, in order to uh, win it all. I mean, we got Cole, and then you have uh, someone like Bauer to back him up. I mean, that, that's what you need to win. Well, let's not forget we're getting two
1: pitchers back next season. Severino, her mom. Yeah. Yep. And those guys were two studs for us before we had Garrett Mm-hmm. Let's emphasize work. Right. You don't right. Know what you're getting, no. They were both hurt. Obviously Domingo Herman has um he has some uh, anger issues to say the least. That I I hope he worked out. Me too. You know, maybe can channel that into his pitching. Um so You know, I think that what's going to happen is the Yankees aren't going to get Bauer. They're not going to get anybody. And Cashman might make a trade. I wouldn't be surprised if he made a trade. I think we should trade Clint Frazier, if we're being completely honest. I love Clint. I would love if we kept Clint. I'd be happy about it, but we can get a decent pitch for him. We don't need Clint.
2: I've I've had this thought about with Clint. I think if we're going to trade Clint, we should sign another left fielder, one who's a left-handed back, because my big issue with this team is too many righties. The only non-righty who will be our everyday lineup, assuming DJ's back and Clint's starting left field, will be Hicks, who's a switch hitter. Right, 100%. Yeah. That's
3: I, a huge problem for
2: us. I like, I like, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I like Brantley a lot. A dude who, A, is left-handed and isn't home run or bust every time. A guy like DJ who hits for contact.
3: did get Didi, like Ryan said, that's not a lefty bat too, but uh, the thing about Didi is I don't think we're going to be getting the same DD that we had in the Bronx.
1: Yeah, but we don't need him to be that. We need him to be a utility infielder like what we have Tyler Wade as, who is a lefty. Uh, he's just not the best hitter. Didi's a better hitter and a better defender than Tyler Wade. So, so I'm saying Didi would be that guy for us, and he's a clubhouse god. So Everyone loves Didi.
2: He, and he loves New York.
1: We all
3: agree that uh, Torres
0: was an issue at shortstop, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So
3: if we put him back at second, say we put DJ at first, and then we get a shortstop, what are we doing with Voight?
2: I know. We
1: have
3: to DH him and then start. Yeah, Stanton, Stanton can't not play
2: not left out. field.
3: Stanton won't play left. They've already said that he's a DH. We're paying him all that money as a DH spot. And at the H. problem is. Boy, had a, like a killer killer year, and I think he's going to be sent off. No, no matter how it goes, I mean, if we get Lindor,
2: Didi, if we keep Torres at short. Uh, I don't know. I honestly, I think we're going next year with Glaber at short. I just again, it's a weak free agent market. I think I've seen them want. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but Simmons, who. Is one of the best defensive shortstops in recent memory. Uh, the only thing with him is he's another right-handed bat, and he's not a bad hitter, but uh, you know he's not the best. Yeah, I agree. I just with yes. I also so think
3: bull.
2: I also. Go ahead, go ahead. I also think bullpen help is really important. I know. I really want Colome. Yeah, he'd be a good pickup too.
3: Or yeah. Hendricks. Hendricks and like,
1: cool. Liam Hendricks would be a great addition to our bullpen. He's the type of guy we need coming in like six, seventh You Yeah, know, I mean,
3: uh, losing uh, Canley this year hurt us, oh. and
1: it's just a
3: waste. What happened? Here? And I, I was—I saw reports that the Yankees might do a reunion with Betances too, which I'm not a fan
2: of. Uh, we, oh, I'm the opposite, but I'm—I'm I'm pretty sure he—he—I was talking when I had my friend Dan, who was a Mets fan. Betances opted in. I would love a Batantis reunion. He was, went back he, from 16, 17, 18. He was the guy I was the most confident in coming in.
1: Right. But doesn't he have like health issues? He like, I remember, I just remember him coming off the mound. He does his little thing, right? After he strikes the guy out. Yeah. And kind of like turns. he just tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. In 2019. So like, how, how do you just tear your Achilles? Like, it's a, piece of paper. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, you're right, Kyle. I think there is some injury issues there. Clearly, his tendons are made of you know toothpicks. So hopefully, if he is healthy, I wouldn't mind seeing that reunion. But you know, I don't think he's like the answer.
2: And I'm I'm pretty sure he opted into. I think I think he had a player option that he accepted with the Mets for next year.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, if he wants to keep wearing that
2: fucking stupid
1: goatee, he can go play for the Mets.
2: But. <laughs> What 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 about uh? do we bring Tanaka or Paxton back? If the price is right, because Paxton, I'm um, okay if, if if the price is right. If it's a like a one year prove it deal, but like no more than like eleven million. Take this
1: one, yeah. I know your I know your opinion on this.
3: Yeah, Brian knows how much I'm just over Tanaka. I think he's just a disappointment. I can't stand his face after he gives up a second inning three run bomb. Um, and uh, I. I I would like to just start fresh with the rotation, but um, I think we're gonna get sign pa- We're gonna resign Paxton just for that left hand, and uh, I mean ideally, I I would like Montgomery as our lefty at at five. So like our rotation, I would like it to be Cole, uh, sevier or Bauer, and uh, even you could throw Debbie and then Montgomery in there. I, mean,
1: I think that's a solid five. Ooh, we didn't talk about Davey. We it, actually, I
2: forgot about him. I'm very excited yeah. for Davey. He that kid is moxie. I like that kid. Yeah, he's
1: good.
2: Oh, no, it was, it was, he's I know. Kind of he's got great. Yeah, he he is so great he's stuff. I mean, he stepped up and he stepped up in the bigger in the biggest moments when we were in, when we were in our horrific slide last year and had to beat the Mets in that game. In his first career start, just looked like. He looked like the veteran who'd been doing this for years. And that, you know, that when we're sliding, we play the Blue Jays delivers another phenomenal start. He stepped up in the big moments, and then Boone and then Boone and the analytics department were like, oh, let's just put in J-Hap. Yeah. yeah,
1: that fucking guy. I I, I,
2: I oh, that. I fucking hated that asshole. I think, I think he's got to get away thing.
1: from the analytics. Mm-hmm. They got to get away from the analytics and go back to playing fucking baseball. Mm-hmm. Because you keep Davey in that fucking game we win. Yeah. Like, like them putting all play the players yeah. We tried to beat them At their own stupid game That ended up losing them The World Series Yep. In other words It doesn't work Moneyball Doesn't work It never has That you get that close And guess what Talent prevails Every single time I'm, I'm all for That's using all you
2: need to focus on I'm all for sk- using analytics To scout I mean analytics Found this Talkman, Who even though sure. Sucked this year but I don't think you should be using analytics in-game. I think there's a difference between scouting who's analytically good because, again, Moneyball and the analytical players have helped teams succeed to get in position to win. But that's enough with the in-game analytics. Enough with, oh, can't go through the lineup three times. No, just stop with that.
3: Yeah. What, uh, what
2: are your thoughts on Andar? Uh... I want to trade him, but at the same time, like his he, he was playing well before before Judge and Stan came back last year. Like he was sucked early on, and then he was playing more and more because of injuries and when Gio was hurt, and then he he, he wasn't playing bad when Gio was hurt for even though it was like a, just a ten day stint it was yeah. heating up a little. He still was a good offensive bat. The only thing is he does not have a future as a defender, and the big thing I'd like to see him do is play this season. Raise his trade value, and we flip him at the deadline for a pitcher who's on the market.
1: Yeah, you know the crazy thing about Anderbar is the other day I was um, hanging out with my little cousin Aiden. He's like five years old, and I could have sworn to God he was fielding ground balls better than Miguel Andujar. Remember
2: that I mean, game against. Was, the game against it,
1: it's, it was embarrassing watching him play third base, oof. Yeah, as in Miguel Andujar. Like, I'm, I'm not
2: even kidding. I heard talking about your five-year-old cousin, I'm going to say. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, dead,
1: I'm, I'm dead serious. I think he was better. And I told him, I'm like, you're, you're, you're better than Miguel when He plays for the Yankees. So, and he got that going for you. And he didn't know what I was talking about. So, yeah, Anderwar was even more of a liability than Glaber at third. And it, the only reason they ever had him in the lineup was because they hit the shit out of the baseball, which he couldn't do last year. Mm-hmm. So, that's another guy. Peace out.
2: See you later. Trade him. I, I, I trade him, but I'd rather trade him when his value is higher. And, like, the same thing with, you know, Gary. People want to trade him this offseason, but at the same time, like, I am I, – I was – up until this year, I've been a defender, Gary Sanchez, until this year. But at the same time, it was a 60-game sample. And, yeah, he's not gotten it done in the playoffs, and, he, and he's had these defensive woes. But I think it's stupid to trade a catcher who has potential to hit 30 home runs, 40 home runs, when their values when his value's at its lowest. Maybe yeah, selling too low. It's a tough Yeah. But he hit
1: like one eighty. He didn't
2: hit and back. Like, he didn't hit that good. He was like he was like he was like, a, he was like in it he was like one thirty two at one point. Yeah, I, I think you,
1: you know what, Jason, like I was gonna I was being generally one guy but yes, are that's you're right. He hit like one thirty. It's bad. And he is a chooch. You know what a chooch is? What? It's Gary Sanchez. <laughs> it's just it's Gary Sanchez. He's a, he's lazy behind the plate. Like he just just the one thing you're taught as a catcher, the first thing, I remember this from my fucking few years as a catcher back in middle school, maybe even elementary school, is you gotta drop on your fucking knees and find the baseball up. Gary doesn't do that. You know why? It's like, oh, the first thing.
2: one-legged bullshit. He's a framer though, he's a great framer. <laughs> like no, not. he's oh. not! Yeah, here. This is this will tell you everything about
3: Gary Sanchez. We get Garrett Cole, and he chooses Kyle Gashioko over Gary Sanchez as his catcher. That's all you need to know.
2: Kratz was better than him and Kratz again, like I'm just saying, don't I'm just <laughs> saying incre- and saying just don't trade him when his value is this low because he could still hit like forty home runs, but man, he stinks. Yeah.
3: The guy
2: can hit a home
3: run here
1: and
3: there, and uh, it's just declining
2: in my opinion, but I don't know what we do with him. And what's this, like, Yadier Molina, talk i keep hearing? Uh, um, I'm all about it, is what well, well. I'm hearing. Like, yeah, but is that, give that to me help out, is that to help out Sanchez, or is that just to have a replacement? Uh, I'm not sure, because that's the thing. Are we gonna, we're not going to keep Yadier, Gary, and Higgy on the roster. That's right, because Higgy's calls could catch him. Yeah. He, that's officially.
1: He ain't going nowhere. No. Think about how smart that guy is. He's made himself indispensable to the team, and he's going to ride Gary Cole's coattails all yeah. the way to his nine-year deal. And he, gets he ain't going nowhere. He's, he's chilling. Yeah. And he hit the shit on the ball for us in the playoffs. Oh, he was
2: such a good hitter in the playoffs. He's
1: phenomenal. If he can come in, honestly, I, I think he should be our starting catcher next year. Yeah, I... I uh... Really do. I
2: think Gary I agree, should at least get I I I don't think Gary should be handed the starting job next year. I think he should have to compete and earn it.
1: I agree. I could, I, I would be okay with that. And if Gary had a great spring and he earns it, fine. If Gary gets better defensively, fine. Give it to Gary. Yeah. But, but I think that's pretty fair to say that, you know, Higgy deserves a shot.
2: He does. But you know who was the king of having a great spring? That that fucking schmuck Greg Bird. that guy was the fucking worst. <laughs> screw
3: that guy. Dude, screw that guy.
2: That guy that made Gary Sanchez look like Mike Piazza. Like I know like different positions, but where is that guy now? He's a jerk off who's not in the league anymore. He was on the Rangers and got DFA'd this season, I know that. <laughs> he got DFA'd from one of the worst teams in all of baseball. He was so good
1: in 2017. Twenty eighteen spring training. Oh, we're looking at uh, Silver Slugger first (laughs) baseman. Fucking shit the bed. It was like the biggest collapse I've ever seen. Thank God for Luke Boy. Dude got a naked cat. That's you know he's (laughs) a loser. What a weirdo.
2: And he he was so ugly too. (laughs) He was one of the (laughs) ugliest motherfuckers I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) He looked like the yellow angry bird. (laughs) 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 He did. He really did. Like. Sad sack of shit. I wonder what he's doing right
2: now. Probably just crying about how much he sucks at baseball. Gosh.
1: In that twenty seventeen ALDS? He was great. He
2: like, was. Hit that bomb.
1: Hit that bomb off Kluber. Mm-hmm. That was that was like. He had how do you go from that to to you can't touch a baseball? To
2: best player on that 20, in that twenties in that twenty seventeen playoffs for us.
1: He was, honestly was I don't know about that, but like he was one of.
2: God, man. I'm, I'm still not over 2017, though. To me, that was my favorite team of all time.
1: Yeah, fuck
2: the Astros. You, fuck yeah, them cheaters. Yeah,
1: Judd
3: was the uh, MVP that
2: year. Oh, yeah, he should yeah. have.
1: And it's obvious, too, because Altuve hit, like, what, 240 this year? <laughs>
2: he didn't do that like, well. Yeah. He did no, not he did do not, that man.
1: well. No, Wait, yeah, he did, was...
3: Did you, uh, did you guys see the video of uh, Torres playing the show? <laughs> playing uh, the Astros. Oh, and he hits Bregman? Right, he drove. I and mean, all he did was laugh at the camera. It was hilarious. He was streaming on like Twitch or whatever. He was just laughing at the camera. It was, it if you watch,
1: boom. if you watch the the five seconds preceding him hitting Bregman in the back in the game, you just see this little smirk come on his face. Like he knew exactly
2: right. what he was. Doing. And it's funny because he wasn't even. Po- and then you see the you see the pitch tracker move to the yeah. right, and, and you're and, and he's smirking.
1: and he aimed high. <laughs> he went up and in right in at right the top of the back, too. What a,
2: Love it. What a bunch of fucking scumbags, though.
1: Bunch yeah. of sellout assholes. They are. I, like Watching that ALCS, I mean, excuse me, I didn't watch that fucking ALCS. I didn't watch a single second because I despised the two teams that were in it. I wanted them all to just get hurt and not play in the, in the World Series. Just hand it to the Dodgers.
2: I I know. I, honestly, I, I know some Yankee fans who say, oh, I kind of like the Rays. I'm like, all right, that's how you know you're a Fairweather Yankee fan. If you follow the Yankees, you should hate the Rays. They're like, but they're respectable the way they build their team. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm like I, I haven't even said this. I'm like, I respect the way they run the organization. But Kevin Cash is a fucking scumbag and their players are scumbags. I
1: don't fuck the Rays. I think any Yankee fan who thinks the Rays are, uh, sorry, Jason, I just said this, but I disagree with you. The Rays are not a respectable organization. They play the fucking victim card, like they're the little guy. Get the
2: the front office. I like the front office. I mean,
1: yeah, the I, Rays are trying. They're smart. To, uh, not a even movie. saying they're not saying smart. The Rays are trying to get a movie and do the, the old uh, Billy B. Yeah, they want a fucking Ray. movie, all right. But you know what? I, I'm not, the, the whole bullshit with them throwing at up and in on DJ. Uh, for literally the last two years, this is mm-hmm. year, last season, throwing up and in on them, and then the Yankees retaliate. Sure, Chapman maybe shouldn't have thrown 100 miles an hour at those head. Sure, but to sit there and say that the Yankees are a poorly managed baseball team with zero ethics or morals when those jerk-off scumbags are doing the same thing, they're just trying to start a rivalry with us because they know the only way that they'll get media attention is if they're fucking
2: with the New York Yankees. hmm Yeah, but it just it just makes it so much worse that and I, I know that's the one, it makes it so much worse that it was Brousseau that hit that w- the I home. Know. But I, in reality, yeah,
1: they beat us. In reality, they didn't win shit. So what did they do with beating us? Right, they lost. Well, to to a fucking
2: it. And don't forget them they beating beat us. Exactly them beating us was the it was for, for most for bases. The Rays being the Yankees was just as good as winning the World Series for most fan bases, though.
1: So. Right. It's true. And that's just that just goes to show you they're a bunch of fucking losers. And honestly, to me, I wouldn't consider them rivals. I would consider them a pain in my fucking ass. That's all they are. They're just annoying. They're the annoying they're like the Mets. Oh. They're the annoying little brother. And yeah, even the Mets are good better than the Yankees sometimes. Sure. But they're never gonna do anything. Maybe like 2015, that was it. Yeah, exactly. The Mets were great that year, but they didn't do shit with
2: it. Right. Uh, They, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, fuck the Red Sox, the Rays, the Astros, the Mets, uh, the Cleveland Indians as well because their fan base is like, thinks the Yankees, are like the biggest, Yankees-Indians, like the biggest rival in the history of sports.
1: They were probably sick of their stomachs after that, after that one, that game. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the game too wild
2: absolutely yeah they were anyways uh we could talk I could literally talk Yankees baseball for hours but Ryan I want to start off talking about your Colts uh first off thoughts on the game yesterday I gave my recap that I was very you know a lot of people thought how is this defense going to respond their first time playing a really good QB this season get exposed in the first half and everyone Twitter's ready to expose the Colts as frauds and then the defense plays one of the best halves of football by any defense all season and has that amazing comeback and one of the best games of the year.
1: Well, you know, the Colts are a slept on team in the league. They, are. they have always been just because of the market they're in, mm-hmm. right? Indy's not a big market. It really never has been in any sport. Um, so I'm not surprised that people are sleeping on our defense. Um if you look at their second half stats defensively throughout the entire season I do not think they have more than 45 combined points in the second half all year. Now I'm not sure if that's the exact number but I know the number is very very small they get blown out in the first half not blown out but they usually let up most of their points in the first half and in the second half the defense just becomes a different beast so I kind of expected that I'm going to be honest with you I knew that if we kept the game close in the first half, we'd have a shot in the second, and that's exactly what happened. Now, Phil Rivers looked really good yesterday.
2: That is a, that's a week by week thing. Yeah. He can easily yeah.
1: He's a total wild. He's a total wild card.
2: Chargers fans know that gonna, for years.
1: Yes. He's either gonna he's either gonna be Phil Rivers throw three touchdowns, three hundred yards, looks great. Or he's going to be Phil Rivers throws 150 yards and two picks and loses you the game. So, we'll take it week by week with him. Thankfully, he has time to throw um, on our O-line. Uh, we don't really have too many weapons on the Colts, so I'm going to be honest. I think we have some good young guys that need to I develop.
2: Think Pitt, I think Pittman is a bright future.
1: I think so, too. I think Jonathan Taylor needs to be used properly. But overall, yesterday, to me, was a statement. It was a game that that to me said that we're a contender, we want to win our division, we're going to come out swinging, and, you know, don't sleep on them. They keep saying that. I, I don't feel like we get enough respect as a team still. At 7-3, and three, leading our division, which is crazy, our first take today, right, Stephen A. Smith, Packers fan. I tuned in.
2: He's a Steelers fan, actually.
1: Steelers. Is he actually a
2: Steelers fan? Yeah, he's a Steelers fan. I thought he was a He just sucks off Aaron Rodgers by saying he's sucks a bad yeah. man.
1: Yeah, the whole <laughs> bad man thing. I just assumed. Okay, so either way, big Aaron Rodgers guy. So I was curious to, for, you know, as to what he was going to say about the game. All throughout first take, they didn't talk about the Colts upsetting the Packers or the Colts pulling off a big win. The topic or the question on first take was, can the Packers win the Super Bowl? Like, are, are you fucking serious? That's just disrespectful. That's just straight up disrespectful. They didn't talk about the Colts once. They didn't talk about the fumbles. They forced four fumbles. Yeah, they did. Those weren't, Those weren't. though. the Packers dropped the football. They forced four fumbles and got to Rodgers and locked down Devontae Adams in the second half. They didn't talk about any of that. Wait, what's, what's your record right
2: now? They forced Seven MVS three. into lots of death threats. Eight so. and 3
1: 7-3. 7-3? Right, yeah, so. and we got three games left against bad teams. And this is what I think is going to happen. I think you guys are going to lose next week to the Titans.
3: You're going to win against the Texans. You're going to lose to the Raiders. You're going to beat the Texans. You're going to beat my team, the Steelers. And you're going to beat the Jags. That's my opinion. So then, that would be
2: eleven and five. I have the Colts go. I have the Colts finishing eleven and five as well. I also think I said this before the season that the Colts were the ideal team for Rivers to go to because they have a three-headed monster at running back. Like Naeem Hines has been phenomenal this season too. as a pass catcher. Uh, Wilkins has been fine. I I, I say three-headed because Wilkins has been fine. He's gotten right. touches, but I'm also I was very very high on him because of the team he was on. So I'm surprised that Taylor has not gotten. Has gotten less touches. I feel like rookie running backs usually get more touches as the year goes along. I know he had the fumble against Baltimore, but yeah, that was a brutal game.
1: Jonathan Taylor is a guy that you need to give the ball to 25 times a game. You need to run it. You need to run it up the middle. No fancy shit. Our offense isn't honestly built like that. You know they like to do a lot of the draw plays, which I despise because he doesn't let the running back get that head of steam, mm-hmm. which, which is what Jonathan Taylor needs. Yeah. A running back like Naeem Hines is great for a draw play. He's patient, he's quick, he bursts, burst, hit the hole. Taylor needs to get going, he's a big man. You know, he needs to get that head of steam. So, I just feel like they don't use him correctly, and they don't give him the ball enough, because they spread the ball to everybody. We don't
2: have a feature anything on our offense. They really if don't. You look, if you look at every game...
1: Who they throw to? They throw to like fifteen people. Running backs, tight like all three tight ends, every wide receiver at least once or twice, and then obviously they dump the ball off to Hines and Taylor all the time.
2: Yeah. So I like I said like me and me and uh, Kyle both have the Colts going eleven and five, and you know they have a good team. They're I mean I think you know that they're not on the Chiefs level, probably not on the Steelers level. although if Kyle, although we might we'll know that if they're on the Steelers level in a few weeks. What's your what's what do you think is the Colts ceiling this year? I think their ceiling is possibly AFC title game.
1: I think that's pretty. I I would agree with you there. I think an AFC title game would be would be good. Like that. that like I can't really ask for much more than that with a thirty nine year old quarterback. So I can see them getting there, and you know, defense. I mean, as long as
3: you guys as long as you guys stay healthy. You're- like you have, I think you guys have a good shot, and you're
1: definitely a threat in the AFC. The and one thing... Right. Yeah, because you guys know, defense wins championships. It's been you. Your franchise is built off that. This is the first year the Colts have had a good defense it in my 16 well years. And
2: offensive line, it seems like.
1: Yes. And offensive line are two strengths. The one thing, and Jason, I know you're a fan of his, is... Darius Leonard is a difference maker. Oh,
2: he's so he's good.
1: Fast. He was spying Lamar Jackson and absolutely eliminated Lamar Jackson's run game. So to me, on defense, we need him healthy because in order to, to, to beat a guy like Mahomes, to beat a guy like Lamar Jackson, I think we could beat the Ravens, by the way. That game was bullshit.
2: He is, time. he is one of the biggest difference makers. The Colts defense has had one bad game this year, and that was against the Browns. And he's, like, he's yeah. that, not just the biggest defensive. Not he, was just, he was hurt. Yeah, he was, I thought, that's what I'm saying. He was hurt that right. game, and you see how, why the defense didn't look good. He is one of the most, one of the biggest difference makers for any NFL defense in football. I think he's, he's that sweat. talented. Nobody talks about him. But if he, was for, if he played for Dallas, everyone would be like. He was on the
1: Steelers? He was on, oh, I'm thinking if he was on the Steelers if he was on the Ravens like an NFC North team that, or I'm sorry AFC North team that's always
2: had good defenses or Patriots Everyone, the Pats yeah. I mean honestly it's just because he's on
1: the Colts the Colts get zero media coverage we would have one prime time game this year one the and was, Eagles had three the Eagles
2: the Giants had two three. The, the Giants Eagles had three the had
1: two the Jets
3: Wait, had two.
2: Are you a Giants fan? I'm a big Giants fan
3: So Agreed. Agreed. Giants
2: have a future. And I think you found your coach.
3: We did find our coach. Even if he got in a fist fight or not, I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, don't know I like the
2: energy. Me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one last thing I want to ask you about the Colts, Ryan. Are, what do you think, who do you think is their QB of the future? Uh, obviously, it's not Rivers. Do you think that they move forward with Brissett, Eason, Center? Do you think that they maybe try to take a flyer on a guy like Haskins, Or a guy like Rosen, who kind of got screwed. Both guys who kind of got screwed over by their respective teams. Or even Darnold, but you put those guys behind that offensive line and those weapons with the Colts. Nah, I want
3: Darnold.
1: Sorry. Shoddy Darnold. Yeah. So, absolutely hard fucking nose to Rosen and Haskins. Those guys are bums.
2: Um, Haskins never got a chance.
1: I like I know you're, you're an Ohio the State, guy. The Ohio
2: State I have heavy Haskins yeah, bias. I want but... another
1: guy from Ohio State. I want I want Fields.
2: You're not getting you're not getting Fields.
1: Well, here's the thing. I would say I would would love to see us trade up and get it. I I don't know. It, our GM, historically is more of a trade down, get more second, third round picks type of guy. But I, I would love for us to trade up and maybe get Trey Lance. Maybe get Justin Fields. Fuck Trevor Lawrence. I don't want him. Wait, I don't like him. What did Rivers he's better. One or two. Years Rivers is one year, 25.
3: Is he done after this year? Is that like a
1: fact? Well, we don't know. There's a very good chance that they end up bringing him back next year, to be honest. But if we're talking about... At this rate, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, like, we're 7-3. Like, he hasn't really hurt us. So I wouldn't be surprised if we brought him back for one more season. But, I like Jacob Beeson. He's got a good future. I would love if we traded up and got Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I would I would like Sam Darnold, too. I think Sammy D needs an organization that wants to win football games. Because the Jets... He needs
3: a guy that... He needs a team that will develop him.
1: Right. Before it's too late. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, the Colts have a history of ruining quarterbacks. Um, RIP Andrew Luck him every day. Yeah. That's one thing I literally sit here and I have nightmares about. i got a picture. I'm looking at it right now. I look at this picture and I think how gross the Colts would be if Andrew Luck was a healthy quarterback on our team 30 years old. I,
2: I, I, actually, I actually saw a tweet that said yeah, the other day it may, I think it was last night if you could put one player back on their former team right, with this current roster who would it be? And It was, it was Luck, Calvin Johnson uh Honestly, I forget who the other two guys were, but I'm like, honestly, like, the other team... The three other teams sucked. I'm like, honestly, you put any of those guys on their team, their team is not good. You put luck on the Colts. The Colts are the second-best team in possibly football. Definitely the AFC.
1: Yes. What could have been?
2: But, right, but let's talk about your team, Kyle, who I think is the second-best team in the AFC, even if they're perfect, the Pittsburgh Steelers, so... I was gonna ask if you. Think, I was one question I was gonna ask is, do you think they they'll go sixteen and 0? You said the Colts will beat them, uh. But do you think so? I'll say not will, but do you think they could not go sixteen and 0, but nineteen and 0, or do you think that's just way too hard and too outlandish to expect? Uh, I'm gonna be
3: honest with you. I would love to go sixteen and 0 going into the playoffs, but I feel like you need that loss heading into the playoffs. I mean, look at the Patriots. You know.
2: I know.
3: You, you, you yep. showed him up. Um, yeah, I, I actually had him losing this week to the Ravens, and I had him losing to the Colts and winning out the rest. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think that game's going to happen on Thanksgiving because of uh, COVID. Yep. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just a fight to uh, that first seed, which this whole playoff picture this different playoff
2: uh, picture is just... That one seed's very important, yeah. Now. I
3: mean, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's
2: kind of bullshit. I'm, I'm against it, but... It is what it is. At, at 10-0, I mean, there's some people who... There's always a team that always does really well. And it could literally have one or two losses. And people say, oh, they're not as good as their record says they are. So do you think their record's as good as they say they are? Because outside of Baltimore... They haven't really been, and and Cleveland, they haven't really been tested this season, but their their brand of football is meant to destroy a Ravens or destroy a Browns. Right.
3: So, I agree with you. Our our schedule has been, we've been lucky. We've had an easy schedule this year, and the Steelers are known to lose games that they should have won, and we've held our own this year with that. Um, And I'm happy that we destroyed the Jags, because we usually have issues with the Jaguars, um, yeah, I don't think that we're a 19-0 team. Um, I'm your typical Steelers fan that worries all the time. Uh, like I said, I think we, we always go 5-100 with the Ravens, so that's why I put them with a loss this week. That's fair. Um, and then I think, I think we'll show up against the Bills. I mean, we have the Ravens, uh, the football, Washington football team, the Bills, the Bengals. For the Redskins right to me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the so I I I think between it's really just the Ravens, the Bills, and the Colts that we have. So I think we're gonna lose to the uh, Ravens and the Colts, and we'll beat the Bills, and uh, we'll end up fourteen and two. I I
2: so have them the goals. I have them at fourteen and two as well, but I have them losing to the Bills, and I have them losing to the Browns. Yeah,
3: I was just telling my dad today that I. Last week, the last game of the season is going to come down to that, the division. I don't know why. I just have a feeling it's going to come down to the the, uh, division. Between the Browns and the Steelers. Really? Really? The Ravens are just a a fake team now. I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be the Lamar Jackson we saw last year ever again in his career. Overrated? I think he's overrated. I do, too. Just like every quarterback that is dual, like,
2: I was I was making this point I was making this point when I was re- recapping the Ravens game that you saw this with Colin Kaepernick unbelievable in 2012 uh you know once the defenses RG3. start the RG three uh Michael Vick when he in 2010 after he was released from prison had an amazing year for the Eagles amazing year one of this like as a Giants fan even I was like amazing kind of enjoyed right. watching him. And then after that, kind of just was meh. Yeah, he was a stealer. I remember he <laughs> he had he had that one like seventy yard touchdown throw because he like came in for yeah. one play. I remember.
3: He had like eighty points that week in fantasy football, which I think set the record in fantasy.
2: The game against the Washington football or against the Washington Redskins—they were the Redskins yeah. back then.
3: Just ridiculous.
2: That was like the sickest fantasy performance of all time. Yeah.
3: stay healthy and we just stay focused and produce and we'll be good. I mean, we're getting the best out of every team every week because we're undefeated, so I mean, everyone wants to take us down and I think it's only a matter of time till we get that loss. I don't think we're going to go 16-0. I would love to, but uh, I also won't be heartbroken if we don't because I I think that loss is important
1: for a playoff game.
3: Uh, To your point,
1: before Kyle, they I agree. Well, you just said it. Is you need that loss? Yeah. You need I, that I, one I, or two I, to humble your team. Yeah. Because you got we, Juju making TikToks, dancing, okay. dancing everywhere, right? This, I'm not. You a, guys, they're getting cocky. They're yeah, getting cocky.
3: they are getting cocky. I totally agree. Um, I think that loss will humble us for sure. And I've always been that way. I mean, I would love to go 16 and 0. That's just historic. But. I for talking Super Bowl. I
2: agree. I uh, think that's important, too. Mhm, That's fair. Especially, I mean, I still think the Steelers, I mean, I feel like it's more the offense. I feel like this defense is serious. TJ Watt's a little fun, but I feel like Minka's always locked in. I know my boy Cam Hayward from the Ohio State University is always sure. locked in. Uh. And they just' are-
3: Yeah, Minka, Aiden, and we get, i mean, we have it, but it's. Uh, Anyone say T.J. Oh yeah. J- yeah. Jason T-J. said T.J. I mean, oh, he's, okay. I think he's top three in sacks this year. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be Aaron Donald, but he's up there. Um,
2: he, he he's key. He he's an argument.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, for sure. Jason, one guy I forgot to bring up—I know where I'm kind of going back to the Colts here. Uh, what do you think about? I want to I want your opinion on our
2: trade for DeForest Buckner. Oh, I thought that was a phenomenal trade for DeForest Buckner. Uh, that was like that was one of the best first round certainly that was their first round pick was DeForest Buckner. Yeah. And that was the best I mean, I, I, he's that's why if he was a rookie, that would be kind of his defensive rookie of the year. He was the best defensive tackle in football last year behind Aaron Donald, so it was a phenomenal move for them and he's been even better this season than he was last season. I agree. He's I a unit.
1: He's been, honestly, as much as Leonard's our defense, he's he's a difference maker. He's the reason why they I would put uh, Donald. I honestly can mix it up with Fletcher Cox, maybe at two, and then Cam Hayward and Buckner as the four best tackles in the league right now. I mean, those four guys are just monsters.
2: They really are. I, I also love uh, a good good role player for the Colts, also from Ohio State, Tyquan Lewis. Oh, yeah. He's... You
1: know, he, I, Another guy every game gets better.
2: That's yeah. He's, he's a dog. He really
1: is. He's improving. I love it. A poor Malik Hooker. We're gonna go back to the Ohio State guys.
2: Oh, Malik is one of my favorite players in just in Buckeye history because I remember <laughs> my first game as a student, literally I like don't remember much of like the first quarter. My like my, literally my only memory from that game is Malik Hooker making just an unbelievable interception. He was just so good my freshman year. Pick sixes every game, or like an interception every game. Two or three pick sixes on the season, including against Michigan. Uh, so I love Malik Hooker. and He's hurt though, right? He's like, he's yeah, always he's hurt. After
1: the year, unfortunately. But, you know, Julian Blackman has been a great, uh, you know, rookie. Just stepping up, making big plays. He forced the fumble yesterday to win us the game. So, you know, we missed, we missed Malik, but uh, we're hanging in there. Love, mm-hmm. love, uh, love that guy though. Hope he comes back next season.
2: Now, before I'm waiting for Nicole to text back so we could get to the roast of Nicole Woodstock. I guess oh, we'll just, welcome. I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a little filibuster here. Uh, go oh. back to the Colts. Also, thoughts on? Uh, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about those holding penalties.
1: Oh, dude, don't even get me started. My dad like, honestly, almost threw me out of the house yesterday because I was screaming, screaming at the TV. Because they were calling penalties that every single team in the league, like, when you hold somebody, right, they're always inside the pads. They're always holding. They're always holding. Every play, every offensive lineman does it every single play. Now, yeah, some of them were outside the pads, sure. But then it got to a point where they were looking. They were looking for holding penalties. They weren't, oh, that's blatant holding. I'm going to throw that flag there. Let me see if they keep holding Yes, they're going to keep holding, just like every other offensive line in the league continues to keep holding. And if you look for it, guess what? You're going to find it. So these fucking reps were just looking for it. And <laughs> it almost cost us the game. Thank God it didn't. So that's why I'm going to stop what it talking about
3: game it. what the the Packers didn't the ball?
1: I know. I thought for sure we were fucked. Once, once yeah, they won no. the coin toss, I was like, oh, it's over. And then M V and then M V
2: S got all those death threats. Yeah,
1: yeah, but um, that was terrible. That was just, in my opinion, over officiating at its finest. Mm. But everything, everything played
2: out. Uh, uh, We we could roast those refs because it was atrocious calling. But let's dial. uh, You want to dial in Nicole Woodstock so we can start roasting her. I've always I actually share a lot of opinions as Woody, so I might not do as much of the roasting. I might just be the moderator. But I'll, take
0: care
2: of all of I'll let you guys yeah. go go on right ahead and roast her.
1: Kyle, add her. <laughs> right, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, just invite
1: her. You know how to do it? No. I'm all so right. bad with this. Alright. Yeah, Kyle's an old man. I forgot. <laughs>
2: Damn, this is a long, this is like my longest episode I've ever made. Damn. What's up, oh, buddy?
3: Woo! Nicole uh, fucking Woodstock.
4: Wait.
3: What? <laughs> Can you hear us? Switch. See, she's so fake. She knows we're here, and she's just like pretending that she's not in right now.
4: Wait, no, my.
3: Hold on, wait, Nicole. She left, dude. You kidding? Me? She left.
2: No, uh, she she's back. I'm I was about to back.
3: Say how easy
4: that is. I just
3: switched.
4: Hi, oh.
2: Nicole.
4: I think my AirPods are broken. Damn. I'm are we live?
2: Yeah, we're live. We're live. Yeah, we were just
4: talking about how great
3: you are. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We just finished up talking about pretty much every sport team uh, that we support. Oh, actually, it's a good. This is a you know great segue. Jason, last weekend I'm talking to Nicole, right? I asked her, Nicole, what's your favorite uh, NFL team? Like, who do you report?
2: Giants and Giants and Jets.
1: No, 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 no,
4: no. Uh, that's Jets. No, yeah, the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. She told me. Oh, oh no. No. no, no.
2: You did say this on Saturday at Joe's. Who should I like for I football? Said, I
4: said, I said, Ryan, in our conversation, that if I had to pick a team right now, it would be the Chiefs. Oh, but, a further, but upon further but upon your head you had to pick. Exactly. But upon further evaluation, I think I'm officially choosing the Seahawks. Oh my that doesn't make any better. <laughs>
0: Like okay.
2: Don't player. don't don't worry. I'm now. I'm not gonna like the Chiefs. They only have Pat Mahomes. I'll just like Russell Wilson. You know, the second best quarterback in the NFL. I told Nicole, if you're gonna root for a team,
3: you root for the Chargers or the Miami or the Miami Dolphins. They have. Agreed. That's
2: what we settled she, on. She she did ask us about the Dolphins. She did ask us about the Dolphins. About the
3: Dolphins. Yeah, of course she did. Of course you go for
2: the front runner. It's bullshit. Just go for the Giants. What about, what, don't forget how she's Yankees and Mets, how she's Yankees and Mets. Oh, yeah,
1: like that's, wait, Nicole, um, I didn't know that, so, what the fuck is that all about? What do you mean, you're Yankees and Mets? I just have tickets to both, so, like, I can't, oh, shit, my bad, Oh my bad, like, I didn't man know man she man got it like you that, okay. okay, okay, God. oh, my bad, Nicole, my bad, sorry, okay, <laughs>
4: I don't like, have
3: a favorite MLB team either. I don't know. I don't know. Like what, what big team deal. for is fucking Rutgers football and how that goes Saturday. Five okay. Later. Low, okay. Low.
4: That was a very low blow. Considering number one, you're from Jersey and you should have any sort of Pokemon, hope
2: that they mean, do well. What? Pokemon, that's all I got. Oh come on. Um. All right. I'm. I'm gonna defend okay. Nicole here. At least at least Nicole doesn't always say, oh, we're back every year. Like, Texas says they're back every year. No, yeah,
3: I was just about to ask you if you thought Texas was back, but never mind. Roll tight. <laughs> yeah,
1: Fuck roll that. tight. This is all have
4: coming for me. I can flip the script on this roast and come for both Listen, listen, right
1: now. listen Nicole. Just bring the fucking heat. Just bring it. <laughs> She's got
4: nothing. She's just all talk. Really, Kyle? Really? <laughs> Here I am thinking you have perfect ammo on me, and I was so ready to come back at you, but here's how what I was thinking, what you said to me the other week, to consider a career change, because when you tested me on the QB, 70% of them right, but first of all, do you want to make any comment on that right now?
2: Wait, what happened?
3: Yeah, repeat yourself, Nicole. Cause you broke up there. No, no, yeah.
2: I know, I know. I heard something about seventy percent in QBs. Like, why? I sure. So
3: I quit, Nicole. I actually thought she would be smart enough to know every quarterback for every team in the NFL, but she was like way off. And of seventy percent is some bullshit. It was under seventy percent.
2: Oh, I thought that was. I thought she was roasting you there.
3: No.
4: Are you kidding me?
2: David Blah. No. Alright, <laughs> hey, I'll
4: give her credit, but I
3: don't see her face. This is definitely Google
4: problem. No, I'm not. I'm on my phone. You can see when I Google stuff.
2: No, not sure. with the new update. No, oh up
4: my too. AirPod just fell Next off.
1: Year. Wait, so how about we talk about
4: No, how about we the talk ice about skater? how Kyle only only every single girl that Kyle dated his mom has set him up with and <laughs> To talk about the fact that Ryan you you still believe that <laughs> confiscating traffic cones in the night out of town is a personality trait so I want to talk about that too <laughs> Kyle
1: do you want to start or do you want me to start?
3: because
4: my no Kyle I think you should be silent on this matter just like your girlfriend's in the bedroom Oh. oh. Okay. You voluntarily dressed up like a girl growing up. <laughs> <laughs> and in the fact um, yeah, that your mom's friends convinced her that you might have been gay and just didn't want to admit to it, <laughs> you know, Dude, she's <laughs> out. All
2: Damn! <laughs> you know, Savage Woody! Which
4: and threw himself into a wall voluntarily and made us convince ourselves that he had a zipper where if he pulled it he would come out as a girl so there's a lie <laughs> <laughs>
3: to i got these claims. okay well, how,
2: how old was kyle? Like kyle how are you doing this i
3: didn't know this <laughs> <Old> enough, <dude. laughs> i did not know this kyle
0: <laughs> all right
2: wait brohead's like i'm leaving this family
3: First of all, you're the one who's dumb enough to believe all that shit, and Jay Gold, I made the biggest mistake of telling Nicole that we were going to roast the shit out of her, so she's been thinking the past <laughs> week, all this ammunition, to just Kyle, I don't have to
4: think, think about freezing? things if they're true. What's that? There's no reason to think about facts. They're off the tip of the tongue. Oh, yeah, it's just, just true.
3: None. They're totally true. You're right. You're on the money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, my turn now, Nicole. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, um, first off, you loved every second of that, that night. We, when me stealing that traffic cone, became a part of the night. So, it's not a personality trait. make what my personality trait is, I'm just a good time to go out to bars with it.
2: I, I won't offend. I mean, who doesn't like stealing shit when they're drunk?
1: Right? Who doesn't steal shit when they're drunk? I'll tell you who doesn't. Nicole, what's up? Yeah, I, I, I fucking... oh, I'm sorry, Nicole. Last time we went out, I do believe you left early because yeah, fuck you, you Nicole, threw the fuck up.
4: True. <laughs> wow. <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say, last year, well, twenty twenty, I had a really bad run of starting the night pre gaming with bourbon, and <laughs> just. Making it to the main event for like five minutes and tapping out. Literally called my mom to pick me up from the bar. But um yeah, no, I really can't make a comment on that, other
3: than yeah, you're right, I will get to that. i had growing a house party and she wasn't there for a second because she blacked out drunk. Oh. And not invite
2: and not inviting me and any uh, G- G- your G- other G- friends? G- wow.
3: G- wait, wait, can I, yeah. just, can I just get like a quick? So she said, like I used to pretend that I used to have a zipper behind my head because I was uh, pretending I was a girl. She used to walk around the fucking neighborhood naked, thinking she was a dude. She was a tomboy until she was like fucking twenty years old. So I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. Cool. I pick up salamanders for fun until she was like eighteen, shirtless. <laughs> shirtless. <laughs> is doing for the day. Oh, there it is. Nicole fucking tits out for the boys. I think it's the dude. Well,
1: hey, yeah, well, be the nipple.
4: First well. of no. all, I was seven or no, no, younger. Nipple. So <laughs> the fact that you saw that image in your head should be considered a form of pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: said and 20
4: and 18. That's all legal limits. So <laughs> When have you ever seen me in the past five years outside in my yard shirtless picking up salamanders?
3: Twenty and eighteen. I just said.
4: <laughs> at the age of twenty and at the age of eighteen? Yeah, prove it. <laughs> I <ever> done that?
1: <laughs> Honestly,
4: <laughs> that Nicole, like, who would see you doing that?
1: Though.
2: Yeah.
4: Wait, no, that's not. That was defamation of character because I just Proof simply went to I will admit to taking pictures with my shirt off when I was like seven, and eight years old, when I just hated girls and thought that guys were superior. Well, we are. Now, that script changed very quickly, wow, too. Wow, I didn't know you were not misogynist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, well. That's also not true. And, J. if anything, me pretending, or no, me thinking I was one of the boys, which I still am, let's not... Oh, no, you are right, one of the boys. But, me having that personality when I was younger, allows me... Out, even though i'm really hot and a lot of hot people don't have a personality yeah. so growing so, up cool. ugly and a boy made me have a funny personality and made me fit in with the boys and now i get to talk with the boys and you know flirt with the boys it's a women situation i do have
2: a serious i do have a serious question about these salamanders though yeah what was longer your fingers or the salamander's tail
0: <laughs> no,
2: Oh, we, we roast for our fingers all the time. You
4: know what you wish was as long as my fingers, so... <laughs> we... I, I think we can all agree
2: on that. Yeah, I, I mean, know. come on. No, 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 I don't think anybody's that long.
3: If my dick was the size of your finger, I'd be killing
2: <laughs> you, you, you'd, you'd, like, you'd have to, like, tape it to your leg. <laughs> you
3: mean, it, you know, it'd get third leg after it. <laughs>
1: got something got, you know, brushed uh, back. Nicole, you did have a party last year at your house and I don't recall seeing Jason Gold's there. Mm-hmm. The
4: mm-hmm. ball? Yeah, exactly. Well, I because, I pay, because I had to fit because I had to stay all of you guys in my house first. What I do you mean you guys that's just
3: What's an excuse. Yeah, yeah, not an excuse.
4: Up.
0: Not what? an excuse. Damn. Trust me,
3: Funny
4: if I could room. have had if I could have had Jiggles and all of them over not died because you kept on feeding me drinks and something else, and that's what led whoa, to my demise. Well, I
1: whoa. think we, I think you're gonna have to elaborate on something else. I don't think
4: I, I, don't think I do. I think it's legal now, but I don't, I don't know if I can. <laughs> it's Wait, probably legal now. Na-
1: oh, what you smoke pot? <laughs> Nicole,
4: yeah. you jump it's in your it's not
1: illegal to, to say up. you smoke pot, like.
4: Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me <laughs> back. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. Anyways, point is, you guys did not have my best interest out for me, and uh, yeah, that's all right. how let I. Me, let me change this
2: <laughs> up. They were just trying to make sure you got lit. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love roasting Nicole. Nicole, what's the uh, Rutgers final schedule uh, record? Huh? Rutgers record. Right now? Or final or final <laughs> record? No, final record.
2: They'll so beat Penn State.
3: Will they beat Penn State?
4: Oh, you're asking me what I think. Okay, okay. I get. You phrased that yeah, really God. correctly. You did. Kyle's, <laughs> <Cameron>. Kyle's drunk. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kyle's well, um, <laughs> we have Purdue this weekend. I don't really know how that's really going to go, but I think if we lose Purdue, we're going to – Actually, either way, I'm very confident in Rutgers winning against Penn State, and the reason why I have to be confident in that is because if we lose, I will have a bunch of people coming for my head, and yeah, I will hide in I my backyard, dig a hole, and never come out. And I know Jay Gold
3: will back me up that you might get shot if you lose to Penn State. Yeah. <laughs> I've
1: been that- you, Nicole, what? you've been coming absolutely crazy at Penn, the Penn State University.
2: You have. I- but I love it. I'm all, I'm, I'm all for it, though. I'm all for yeah, it. I
1: don't like them either, but, like...
4: Oh, I have always been coming after Penn State. It's just hitting even harder because they actually suck this year. But
1: you know they're a cult, right?
4: Yeah, I'm not afraid.
1: I, I well, don't has been... I, I heard that DMACC has been plotting.
4: Plotting? On your demise. Yeah. On my demise. <laughs> well, yeah, i I'm just, I'm just this is out. the first time hearing of that. Yeah,
1: because, you know, you've been talking crazy, and, you know, they talk, you know, cold to each other. They talk what, to like each other.
4: What, Will, like, Willk and Connor?
1: All of them. They all, are, and they all have a network. So, just be careful. That's what I'm
4: saying. Well... You never know with
1: these guys
3: or with I'm
4: these I'm pretty confident Rutgers is going to win, and I have to be confident in that. Exactly. So... Yeah. Only other win. I hope we win against Purdue. And I don't know, I maybe we have Purdue.
2: a sh- maybe Not we Purdue. have a shot and maybe No Purdue's
4: good fight. this year. Purdue I, I, yeah, Purdue's Purdue
3: Rutgers will beat Purdue and I think
2: they're gonna lose Spence State. They should have beaten Michigan. I hate Michigan, I was so mad. Yeah, they I want. I was so ready to say bye bye to Jim Harbaugh. I hate that fucking schmuck.
3: Will he be the coach of the Jets next week, next year? Uh,
2: I doubt it. They were talking about that on
3: the fan today, and that's. I'm just curious.
2: You you listen to the fan also? I didn't know that.
3: Oh yeah, I'm a big fan.
2: Guy. I love. I'm a big JJ guy. How about uh, Carton? I don't. I am out in the car in early in the morning to listen to Boomer and Carton. And Carton's back.
1: Yeah, brought Carton back? I thought he like Carden got Robert. arrested for being a, uh, a drug addict gambler. Carton Roberts, 2-7. I <laughs> I was Beningo and Roberts. I don't drive Beningo, anywhere because I work out of my basement. Oh, he did? Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't listen anymore because I don't drive anywhere. No. I, mean, I used to listen to them on the way to school. but.
4: I yeah. said we talked about the Penn State article that just came out last week. That That's pretty juicy. Oh, oh is that? it more
1: kids? Yeah, collaborate.
4: About how Franklin tried to, uh, last this was last year, he tried to get one of his players to cover or knock with the police about uh, the sexual assault charges because he was one of their starters.
2: They are crazy. Cult. They are a cult.
3: A cult. A cult? Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here
4: to come after them. Did yeah. they breed dirty, stinky, Rats. corrupt?
2: People because they are dirty, stinky, corrupt. Fun story about Penn State. I knew a kid at Ohio State. After they lost the game, he got tapped on the shoulder, turned around, had a broken jaw, had to miss like had to be out of school for a month. Simply because he was wearing Ohio State jersey. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's Penn State and Pennsylvania for you. That's how you
4: know they're
2: insecure. Like like what we'll do at Ohio State is we will verbally harass the shit out of you. Well, we won't won't we'll ever get physical base hey, because no, of your team. Pennsylvania that. That's a lot. <laughs> and,
1: and Pennsylvania, the Eagles Eagles
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. The
1: Eagles are a scump, fucking
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. Stand so Pennsylvania
4: yeah. Is just
2: they,
3: they're a team that wins the Super Bowl and then the fucking city has to
4: put
2: uh, grease I mean, on the whatever. Yeah,
4: and they burn it down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's go. Biggest
2: City of all time. Yeah, I agree. I
4: don't
1: disagree either.
2: Uh, yeah, Penn State's in that too. Any other uh, final thoughts about Scum City's fast food, uh, roasting Woody? Well, it's disgusting that you guys like Wendy's Chili. Yeah. I don't know what
4: went I'm, on. Not get, I'm not going back on that's this. disgusting.
1: Dude, too. I agree. I agree with you, Nicole. I hate Thank being very rare that we agree on things, but I do. It's
4: Basically, just the chum bucket.
1: Chum. It is. It is. It's not the chum bucket. Cool. It's not chum
2: bucket.
4: Wait, hold on. I don't want to get into this, but
3: my point before was when you Google Wendy's Chili, all it comes up is uh the copycat recipes, and that just shows that the majority of people like... Don't have taste?
1: Chili. No. <laughs> I mean... The majority of our country, you know, who knows what they think? Does that mean it's right? That's opinionative, I guess, right? That's what. Uh, also,
4: top Google searches. Um, normally people companies pay for it to have top Google searches, so that's probably just. Uh, You're still you know. mm, Thank the you. The trick is
1: with Wendy's chili, and that's why you can't recreate it, is because most places don't have old burger meat lying around. <laughs>
4: What the fuck. Uh, Maybe it's the aged beef that
1: um, Dude, if you gives it you're getting a burger pulled out
2: of a fucking drawer. It's like you ever see that one episode of fresh. you ever see the one episode of fresh. SpongeBob yeah. where they make like the, the yeah. gooey hamburger the gooey cra- crabby patties when Mr. Krabs retires and it's like comes out of that machine? Exactly. That's well, what fucking McDonald's burgers are probably. No, no, don't, don't. I've, I've heard that I've heard about this video. I refuse to watch it.
3: Listen, yeah, same thing. But I've watched it. It didn't ruin it for me. It's disgusting, but I'll still fucking eat it.
4: Kyle, you just roasted yourself.
3: No, I didn't. I'm telling you.
4: <laughs> I know a Big
3: Mac comes out of a drawer. It's still delicious. Same thing as Wendy's
4: chili. If it's leftover meat, who gives a shit? It's still delicious. Thank you, thank you. I mean, yeah. I care my body is a temple, I just, uh... No, it's not. <laughs> well, Buffalo Wild Wings is where I draw the line. That's, that's not really like
1: unhealthy,
4: about... though. Like, it's just waves. Yeah, but they have shady, uh, preparation practices. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I see all of the
2: reports across the country. Speak, speaking, <laughs> of B- oh, <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of B-dubs, don't forget when you were too soft to try, uh, Blazing Wing. Wait.
4: I have tried to blame it. What? The I didn't want to have it in that moment, Jacob. Jacob. Oh.
3: thank you for so getting, was, getting into this roast. I love it, I was, Nicole. No, Gould, wait, wait. That hold was on. That's so. That's so pussy. So honestly, Jacob, I
1: thought you'd have more ammo for this roast. He wanted to. No, he wanted no, to play please. moderator. Give me some more, man. I need more. Yeah, honestly, Jason, AM I feel like, like you definitely see. Thanks for talking to her.
2: Uh, no, I, I also want to be the moderator. If there's a chance for yeah, me to hop in, I will. I actually, I was, I, I a lot of the time, I'm, I actually do agree with a lot of Woody's opinions. I, thank you. I know. You don't have to be
4: nice
1: like to all
2: the time. What can I say? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a simp for my friends. Absolutely. Oh, such a nice
4: guy.
1: He's such a nice guy,
4: Jason Goldstein. And uh, I want to say that I have tried the Blazing wings. Multiple times. No, you I have not that in that no. moment. Yes, I have. Absolutely, I have. How, how am I supposed to prove that to you? How? This
1: Sunday, I'll bring over wings. Blazing
4: wings? You want
1: me to do yeah. Fine, I'll do it. I yeah, don't I'm care. He, I've done it, go. I'll Both. do it again. Yeah, actually, well, no, I want you to eat like six, though. Like, If I'm going to get them for you, you got to eat them for me.
4: I'm not eating six of them? Are you crazy? Yes, I am
1: actually. Um, but yeah, six.
4: No, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I guess I'll get him then.
4: People are afraid to do that for their fantasy punishments, and I'm just supposed to do that free will. Well, those people
2: period? are ridiculous. Well, not I'm peep, not, not people, not people. Steve is. Steve is. Steve's the reason that that's not our. F- people are.
4: you would you be
2: chicken? You guys
1: want to hear my fantasy uh, football sacco punishment? What is it? We got a uh, Ceno. Everyone's played cornhole before, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Right? So this year, uh, during my league draft, we pick our draft board. We also decide to pick uh, the punishment. And we're playing cornhole as we're deciding what to do. And we all came to the conclusion that the loser is going to have to uh, sit under the cornhole um, board and basically have the hole be directly the over their are sacks. Oh. This is Timmy's. This is Timmy's league. league, right? This is this is indeed Timmy's league. Oh. Yeah,
4: Timmy told me. And so
1: uh, then he, everyone gets to kind of take their shots at the sack of the sack. Uh,
2: Our friend
4: Joe. Not like, looking, just I just might be Sacco.
2: Yeah, Joe, Joe's punishment is good. Listen to what Joe, Woody. Joe's
4: is so funny. Joe just told it's us. It's Tori. Uh, yeah. Joe Tori. He just told us Joe his, Yeah, his friend. Joe. Yeah, me too. We, we all love him. Um, he just told us that his punishment is to have the loser sit in Denny's for twenty four hours, and every hour they have to order oh, a new menu item.
1: I've seen that. That's good. Oh, it's like so that.
4: funny. And then
1: every and, no, and then um, every time they order something, an hour gets taken off. Right? Not no. Only,
4: it's no. Twenty four hours. Not, no, because Eddie Poji told me <clears throat>
1: same thing um, for a league that he's in, or someone or he knows is doing that, and they have to every time they eat something an hour comes off so basically the more you eat right you know an hour comes off but let's say you eat 12 fucking meals in two hours <laughs> you still have 12 hours
4: do you have to finish it so do you have to say yes. proof that you, you have like, to like finish,
1: it? You finish it for oh that's
2: for, so funny for our last for our last place punishment everyone has a three game lead on the last place kid now you have to shotgun as many beers as lost as you have he is one in nine the kid in last place currently It was going to be Blazing Wings, but Steve was like, I'm not doing it if I get last, so.
4: <laughs> Kyle, you didn't. You guys still don't have your punishment, right? It, it varies. I'm the only one in
3: our league that has done the punishments.
1: Yeah, it's pussy when people don't do it.
4: Yeah, that's annoying. Wait,
1: wait,
3: wait. Uh, yeah. Is...
1: Wait, wait, Ryan, what was that one year where you guys all pissed in the bucket? In your yeah, head? yeah. Wait, what? what? Speaking of Eddie Poach. So, Poge finished dead last in our league. Um, We all hung out at uh, Colin's house, Colin Cunningham's house. And uh, we all got shit-faced drunk. And the whole night, instead of peeing in the um, bathroom, we peed in a bucket. And we accumulated about a pretty decent amount of piss. I have a video. Um, And Eddie had to basically put his hands... In no. this bucket of piss for fifteen minutes and just let him soak in there. That I would yeah. up. It was good. It mm-hmm. was very nice. And you know, it's it was only fifteen minutes. But like Ugh. it was like it was like that nine was other guys.
4: Is, uh, I would say nine
1: yeah. different it was it was a cocktail of piss. Yeah, I would it was say bodily fluids i think i'd shake it out on that or i would
4: throw about that be fuck up yeah I I, i'm
2: like, not touching to cha- oh look to the kid kids like a champ yeah you know, the human body is disgusting <laughs> so props mm-hmm. to him anyways guys I uh, hate to end this because honestly i could literally do this for another hour but this is already my longest running episode i stole college football to talk about but i'm gonna get you guys are coming back on again you this was awesome I would love this was absolutely awesome. Just to talk and bullshit around or whatever.
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having us on.
2: Thank you guys so much for coming on. and Yeah, we'll we'll do this again soon. Uh, keep roasting Woody and Kyle. I I want to come over for a football Sunday because your guys' setup Please. is gas. Please. <laughs> Please. All right. <laughs> we'll do. See, see you, boys, and Nicole. Actually, one well, Nicole's one of the boys. So nice. see you, boys. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Thanks, Bye. Peace. Awesome interview right there with the Mobus Cousins and Nicole. A little break from the traditional interview, but we're going to go back to tradition, and tradition includes talking college football. Uh, We're just going to stick exclusively to the Big Ten this week. Uh, I actually will mention one thing ACC. FSU, Clemson got canceled. I remember I talked about that game on the show, but hey. It is what it is. Uh I remember saying I wanted to pick Northwestern, but I didn't, and I ended up, but uh, putting five bucks on them, and they won. So good for Northwestern. They're legit this year. Their defense is phenomenal. They have Peyton Ramsey, and it has been an unbelievable quarterback for them. Uh good for them. They're probably gonna make the Big Ten championship game. Penn State. They're still trash. I mean, they didn't even sniff victory against Iowa. They are garbage. Uh, Michigan's also not good. They almost lost to Rutgers. They should have lost to Rutgers. Really good game, though. Triple OT game. And, oh, man, I would have loved to see them lose. I think if, if Rutgers won that game, I think people would have been saying, bye-bye to Jimmy. And I had Rutgers plus 12. So, got to be happy about that. Now, let's talk about... Ohio State, uh, the game was a lot. Ugh. The game created a cause for concern. Uh, Fields had his worst game as a Buckeye by far, throwing three interceptions, as many as he threw off last season. The pass defense was bad, and I, I've been a little worried about the pasty all year. I've said that about the Buckeyes and their past defense, and it got exposed today by Ty Froggle and Michael Penix Jr. Or not today, Saturday. And the offensive line was bad. I mean, I'm I'm definitely worried about this whole line. We have three all three returning all Americans on this offensive line, yet Justin Fields has been sacked twelve times through four games, five times this past week. It was really really nerve wracking to watch that. Uh, The turnovers weren't yeah. I guess the, the turnovers weren't good. I mean, we didn't fumble the ball, but oh man, Fields looked porous, and this was. This was after two weeks of preparation, too. The one positive about not playing that Maryland game was that it gave us two weeks for, to prepare for Indiana, who was going to be our toughest opponent of the year. And we did not look that prepared. Just very sloppy. And honestly, first drive, easy. We like scored within two plays. I saw Garrett Wilson wide open. The minute the ball was snapped on that first touchdown, everyone's like, oh, Ohio State, easy victory. We're gonna to cruise to vi- to win, and we even even up three touchdowns. It just did not feel good. This it was it was very it was very sloppy, and we can't do this if we want to win the national title. We can't do this against an Alabama or our Clemson. Absolutely not. Those two teams have amazing defensive lines, and they will absolutely body Justin Fields around if the line plays the way they did today, and will force a ton of turnovers if Fields makes those same mistakes. Uh, even today, like, I mean, Wade, he had this, he had the pick six. You know, that was our second interception of the year. It's hard to believe that. So there's definitely calls for concern. But look, I'm going to have some positive takeaways. Everyone has bad games. Bama has those games where they almost slip up and get upset. Clemson almost lost to Boston College at home. And the run defense was great. I was, I was more concerned about the run defense than the pass defense, especially after what happened in week one. But no, we held Indiana 10 negative yards rushing. And the defense also, I know I said that, yeah, this was, they only had one interception prior to the Sean Wade pick six, but they forced three fumbles. And there was a couple calls that were not called fumbles on the field that should have been. So the defense at least forced turnovers, albeit they gave, gave up a lot of big plays. Uh a lot another concern I had was running the ball, but Master Teague was fantastic running for 168 yards. Trey Sermon ran for sixty yards on just eight carries, so the running game was fantastic. Uh Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave continue to be the best wide receiver duo in the country right now. Like I said, the only the only receiving duo that had an argument was Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. And now Jalen Waddle's out for the year for Bama, so it's Olave and Garrett Wilson right now. Plus yeah, you know, we played our worst game of the season. Uh, the worst this and we still won. The worst game we've played in the last 2 years and still won. So, that's a little positivity to take out of that. And again, that first drive shows the off the way this can be, but I don't know if there's enough time to be able to fix this defense. I think whoever Ohio State plays, will they'll be in a shootout with because of Justin Fields and the talented wide receiver, but it's going it, to it, they're going to they're going to have to limit those offensive mistakes if they want to win the national title. Uh, Look, we have to try to work on this because, honestly, we play the way we did today on Saturday against Northwestern in what should be the Big Ten title game. Then we will probably lose to Northwestern, to be honest. But, hey, it happens. Teams play bad games, and I still love this team. I still think they're a great team. I still think they're going to win it all this year. And I really hope so because I just love my Buckeyes, and Fields is... It's so, just so good. I mean, yeah, we have a ton of good recruits coming in, but I'm just so connected to this team that I really, really want to see us win the national title. Well, again, this game was definitely a cause for concern. has me really, really worried just because of how dominant we were last season. And this, this reminds me a little bit more so of the team from 2018 that was good, but had that suspect defense. Uh, anyways, that's it. If you're still listening, thank you for listening to this extra long episode. Awesome episode of The Bird's Eye View. Uh, remember, if you want to stay updated, uh, follow me on Instagram, The Bird's Eye View Podcast. Follow me on Twitter to get all my live reactions inclu- at Birds Eye View. Uh, if you want to read my blog, go to Goldstein514-Wixsite.com/slash The Bird's Eye View. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.